Hello and welcome back to the Double Radio Games Cast. As always, I'm your host Ryan. Today, I'm joined by my lovely duo of co-hosts, Alex. Oh, uh oh, that didn't pick up. Okay, there we go. It did. It picked up a little bit. <laughs> and why? Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Today, uh, we're talking about a couple of things that happened. It's been an eventful two weeks. Last week, we played Pal World. Uh, so go catch that on the YouTube if you're a listener oh, and, right. and watch us surprisingly not devolve into madness. Um, it was a pretty sensible stream, all things considered. It depends, it depends on depends on the individual. But. Yeah, it depends on the individual. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about the Xbox Developer Direct, which we missed because we were doing the Powered stream, um, and the Sony State of Play. Uh, you can catch Wyatt and I did a, a very low-key reaction stream because um, I had to record it on my lunch break, so it was just very, very quiet, calm and quiet. Uh, or not quiet stream, but it, a nice calm uh, little stream if you want to see our live reactions to anything. Um, I have to caveat because we're talking about Xbox stuff. I technically work under the Xbox umbrella now because I'm in Blizzard, so uh, all my opinions are my own and not reflective of any, anything of all the other companies, yada yada. Um all right, let's get started and go into the Dev Direct because we've got a few things in here that I think uh, were really cool for all of us to see. Um, yeah. Nelson trailer footage playing in the background while we're talking about this. Uh, first was the Big Avowed uh, showcase. So this is something we've been waiting for for a good while, I would say, um, to see like a large segment of Avowed gameplay. Um, and I think we've come away with not necessarily mixed feelings, but... I think there are people that are concerned over some some like justifiable combat related stuff, but at the same time, the environments are gorgeous. Uh, the stuff they actually talked about is very convincing as to what is coming in the future for for this game when it um, eventually arrives, and like all the the cool regions that they've done. Uh, they're gonna have the all the obsidian classic choices and whatnot. But uh, I feel, yeah, I feel like the best way that talk. I can, I feel like the best way I can describe how I feel about this is positive ambivalence right now that's a good word to describe it that's sort of what i meant when i said mix is it's not like people are negative on this game um i think it's more people are, are just waiting to see because i think similar to whenever we see like footage for a, any ubisoft game i think is this applies to you'll see I, footage and be like oh i don't really know how this is gonna feel until i play it right yeah um and i think, yeah, I think looks that... like it's in a similar state right now I feel that especially has, you know, like, more precedent than, um... Because, you know, Ubisoft has a, a pretty big backlog of games that you can cross-reference when you're like, oh, this looks like this, it'll probably play along these lines. I... I'm... Obsidian has done, like, the, the third and the first person stuff before, but I, this does feel different than, um... I... Now that I say solid, but I was gonna say now that I say that the um something about the combat animations and its pacing reminds me of Outer Worlds. Yeah, well, I mean I, I it's probably kinda, the same engine, right? I was um, kind of surprised that that you would say that people had concerns with the combat because I like looking at it again and my initial reaction to it, it looks it looks pretty good to me. I I think with these with these kind of open world games i i don't want to say that i'm softer on combat but i maybe it's, it's just not the primary less. reason you're playing right <laughs> yeah and skyrim I, well, the bars on the floor with skyrim right like it's so <laughs> yeah. low well it's, and... that's the thing that's the thing with, with these with these like western 
the, yeah. this specific flavor of Western RPG where there's so many things going on, like the, the combat itself is never the highlight. Like it's fun because you can make builds and you can do all sorts of crazy things with them. But the combat is always, as long as it's functional, right? And it doesn't feel yeah. terrible. It's fine. Skyrim got away with that just fine. Is it the greatest combat system in the world? No. Does it feel passable? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot it's of people fine. had a lot of people had the same issues with Outer Worlds combat system, and I never felt that when I was playing it. it was I think fine. a lot of that is just I, I go in expecting more of an RPG than a, a like first person shooter, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. It feels yeah. a little bit less impactful than um, other games, so it's not a huge issue to me. I do think. As long as they hit the minimum that Skyrim has, uh, being that it's not even a slight of Bethesda, but Skyrim is a ten plus year old game at this point. Yeah. So it's I think the expectations need to be slightly higher, and it looks like they're going to hit that. Of like, I think already they have. If I can find the melee combat again, the melee looks really satisfying. Like the hit stop and the blood flashes, I think Ooh. already look much better than what you get by default in Skyrim. Um, I think I think the addition of of I mean Skyrim also technically had dual wielding but I feel like it's used much better here whereas like in Skyrim it's like you have things in in different hands yeah, and you they have just like a kind shield of act, bash you can do they, they, that dodge forward act, looks cool it felt like they they acted very independently of each other but here I feel like they're oh, trying to embrace oh, dual the, wielding wands the dual wielding and guns that's I feel that, like they're trying to fun. embrace the dual wield nature a lot more here um which I think is going to work out well. I also love just having wands. Like that's the thing that uh, Elder Scrolls has not typically done. And it's always like a, I get why, because it's not really in the fantasy of Elder Scrolls, but you don't get the wand slinging wizards in that. And this definitely looks like a vow is going to have some wand slinging wizardry. So yeah, you just, you just do the magic with your hands after eating a spell book in Skyrim. Yeah. And I know we saw footage somewhere. I don't know where this, if this was in this trailer or a different one, but there was footage of someone pulling a book out. And I want to be able to have a spell book. I don't care I want if you my use it or, that or not. I, I just want to have the other it thing on the character. Is that all of the spells have gorgeous effects involved? Yeah, like they use like, a thorn spell a little while for me to have a good like like spell system. Like the effects are half the battle for me. Like you can make them look cool. That fifty percent of your job is done, and these look great. <laughs> Like yeah, they, absolutely. they were definitely allowed to go a little over the top with it, and I think that really is working in the game's favor because it looks great. I think especially because Avowed is a little bit more high fantasy than Elder Scrolls is, so it can do a bit more. Like the this is in the same universe for people that don't know as Pillars of Eternity, which is a CRPG, um, great series of them. Pillars Two is like a pirate CRPG. It's really fun, but they're they're super high fantasy. Like they are very much classic D and D style, like swords and sorcery, um, all sorts of stuff going on. That's very much almost uh it's just much more like high thematically themed than i would say older scrolls typically is um which means you can have more like bright effects and stuff and it doesn't feel like it breaks the environment uh which i'm excited to yeah. see how this plays all right um any other thoughts on avowed before we move on um, sounds like no i mean i mean i like the uh, uh the idea that they're trying to lean into like morally gray decision making rather than like a clear you know good or bad mm -hmm choice i think that's always a good um um I, I feel like it's a good angle for these kind of games to go into personally because i think there's there's a place for like oh here's the paragon and renegade system but i think they have a lot less um the the choices you make affect you a lot less because they're not really challenging you that much you know yeah no i i totally understand that 
Uh, and just look, these environments are gorgeous to me. These are oh, yeah. that was the biggest takeaway. That was the biggest takeaway. I just color. Just give me some color in these Bethesda yeah, style. Especially because it's not like a full <laughs> open world in distinct regions. I think you get that variety a little bit more of like you know you're going if you're going to the desert, you're gonna get that like desert color palette with Oasis mm-hmm. and stuff, and that looks really good. Um yeah, I'm just looking forward to that. All right. Uh let's move forward to I believe this is where we're showing the Sinuous Saga. Uh, two. So this is a game we've harped on about a lot, all right. And I want to be very clear before we do it again <laughs> that um, Wyatt and I especially are very much looking forward to this game. And I want, want to play, play this. Absolutely, yeah, no, like, we want to play it. We know that I, it's, get... it's going to be like a short narrative focus game, but still, yes. <laughs> I, I think like, all of the like criticisms our... we've had are valid. Um, are we it, sure it's... they've showed gameplay yet? <laughs> they have they, they have well, at this point for a, sure no no this this was this was like what i've been asking for for like five four years <laughs> i mean since the Xbox i want to see i want to see reveal, Seto hit right? something with a sword i want to see Seto hit something with a sword it that's not asking for much that's like that's like a, a new like Halo right here game this is, is this is what we've been wanting <laughs> we finally have will, it. think about it this way you get you get a, a halo game being hyped up for like five years and you Barely see him shoot something with a gun, <laughs> which is kind of Halo Infinite's entire marketing. Anyway, that's besides the point. I think asking the main character of a character action game to hit something with a sword is not a very, like, it's not a crazy thing to ask. I also um, think it's it's a case of, like, I don't think any of us are doubting the narrative, right? Like, that's not no, in our minds no. at all. I think it's more, we just want to see what it will be like to play this game actively. For with, more with, than, like, five minutes at a time, right? With narrative-driven games like this, especially ones that are very, like, visual and have a lot of um, uh, crazy visuals going on like this, less is more in terms of marketing. Give me the vibe, give me the feel, and then don't say anything else. Like, give give us maybe, like, one story hook. That's it. And then yeah, I, I think want, we've done that, honestly. Give me I have no idea what's going on in the story. So. They, and they haven't given much away, which I can appreciate, but that doesn't work every single time. Like, it is a video game. I want to see some gameplay where this woman hits people with a sword. That's yeah. what it is. Also, it reminds me of Death Stranding's marketing. And as much as I I love the insaneness that happens, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about this once we get to the Death Stranding trailer, but... Don't even. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, there's. Uh, oh, is this? Do we think this is gameplay or cinematic right here? Uh, it's probably gameplay. This lo- this certainly uh, looks like it. That I'll, is I'll take this. wild. I'll take that it. is some dynamic camera movement. And yeah. they also they they also did talk about like um I mean they didn't go into specifics. I kind of wish they did, but they said that combat's going to be like noticeably different from the first game. I don't know what that means because they didn't really explain it, but. Yeah, I, what I almost what worries me is they're going to get into, like... I don't know if anyone remembers Rise, Son of Rome, the early Xbox One game that oh, was, God. like, the yeah. technical showcase of the Xbox One. But looked it great. had... Looked, looked great. It's, like, an action game, but it had a lot of, like, just wacky scenarios where you're attacking and stuff in a way that is different than before, and your attacks on a different timing, and you just don't really have... You're, it's less like you're controlling a character and more like you're telling them to do something when you hit a button, if that uh, makes sense. Oh. And th- that's kind of my worry here is that we might hit a point where if it's, it's too cinematic and too 
um, like accurately animated and everything. It's not going to feel like it's being reactive when you hit things. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's going to be a problem. Like I think they'll probably have found the right balance. It's just a I'd what I would surprised. jump to as a potential problem. G You're telling me you wouldn't like a uh, gritty Norse mythology heavy rain? <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Actually, like, no, well, you no, know what? I would. No, no, I would no, no, love no, no, that. no, no, no. That's the thing. I just don't want it from 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 Ninja Theory because I think their background is character action, and I I think that they're they're fairly good at that maybe not the best in the industry but they're pretty good at it and so yeah. I, I still want them to have their the the roots of the combat there because i think it makes it it just it just makes it more fun <laughs> yeah i mean it's their hallmark right so um yeah i was i was happy with what they showed in this dev direct i think they yeah. talked a lot about like music and sound and stuff it was really cool they went over the binaural audio process which is awesome Ooh. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's about as much time as we can spend on this, just because we had to talk about a lot of games today. So let's I will say it was on. really cool to see the the voice actors that that are part of uh, Senua's psychosis, like moving around the microphone. That was kind of cool yes. to see um, the, the, the BTS of. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. Uh, then we got our surprise edition, which is oh yeah, uh, I guess now a tradition with these dev directs, uh, being that this is the second one. There's now another surprise edition, which is. Visions of Mana, the Square Enix game. That's um, a new game in the Mana franchise that hasn't happened in a long, long time. Um, this one's also weird because this, this is the only game here that's not going to be on Game Pass Day 1, I believe. Uh, it's not an Xbox-published game, so this is probably just some agreement. And this one, they largely focused on the monster designs. Like, the main person talking here huh. was one of their oh, monster designers. Oh, look at that art. But they're oh, so good. Oh, so pretty. Like they're all the designs they start showing are just incredible. Um, they did confirm a couple of things that you're going to be able to play as more than just the protagonist character, uh, which is a thing that people have been like talking about with this game leading up. Of like normally in modern games you can play a lot of different characters, uh, but people were worried that you would only play the main character and you wouldn't be able to do a lot of stuff and you'd, it would feel more boring than before. It's that's not the case here. It looks like you'll be able to play as multiple. Uh, and look at this just like drip of characters <laughs> that <laughs> this man Koichi has designed. Uh, yeah, like incredible designs all around. This is the little mount that you ride on, which is like a porcupine dog. The little dog. wolf dog. Oh. It's the most adorable thing. Uh, all the monster de designs look adorable. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think this is just very cute and very much a, a confidence booster, if that makes sense, in Visions of Mana, because I think we hadn't... Mm -hmm. The first showing of this game looked good, but we didn't really know what to expect, because it was only a couple seconds of footage. Look at um, those monster designs. <laughs> but these are all great, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just love these little doodles. But this is part of the process that I love seeing, because they're always very fun to see these designs, and these just look amazing. Um, this magic look looks the, fun look and everything. The, look at the environment art, too. It's just... Yeah. Mm, it's so colorful mm, and fun to look oh. at. I, the word I would I would use is it looks luscious. <laughs> it yes. looks lush. <laughs> like there's the concept for the dog mount. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to playing this. Uh, I don't think there's many other notes on this just because they didn't, haven't shown a ton. We've seen like the gameplay in this forest area. Uh, like this is supposed to come out this year. Well, I don't mm -hmm. think we have. We did not get an actual date. I hope so because I put I bet money on it. <laughs> <laughs> As a reminder, for a fantasy league, if a thing doesn't come out, you can drop it uh, without consequence. So, 
Unless someone counterpicks you. First. Unless someone counterpicks you. Yeah. I'm going to counterpick missions of mana because that would be a really truly startling thing to do. I mean, um, we've seen some questionable counterpicks so far. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's so, not too many bad summer games to counterpick, unfortunately. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This is a game that I think only I was pretty familiar with before this. This is Ara, uh, History Untold, I believe. This is a Civ-like strategy game, uh, turn-based strategy, in a new style, which I'm very excited about because I think this game has a really good showing of like events and stuff. This breakdown in particular was just, they showed the systems, and that is very encouraging for a game that isn't out yet. Um, these monuments look really good. I like that it's not on an actual hex grid. It's a more of like a Total War style grid where things are shaped like actual land provinces and whatnot and not just hexes. Um, I, yeah, have we seen a lot good. of this? Have we seen a lot of this game before? Was it just a teaser that we got? It was just a teaser. Before? So we got a because, teaser before. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, I, I know that Civ games are very systems heavy and it's good to, you, you want to lean into that a little bit more into your marketing typically. But it's like, it shows a lot of confidence in the studio that they that they're just going to show you this much of how the systems work before the game comes yeah, out. Yeah, like they're not and hiding the UI at all. Showing. No, no, no. It's really um, good stuff. It, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, the scale of this is impressive too. Of all these Ooh. buildings look great and everything, and you still have the people roaming around. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for these types of games, so I'm very excited to see what this plays like when it comes out. Uh, and I think they're very confident, and they they did a sneaky little thing that I don't know if I'm going to be able to find, in that they snuck mechs into the game. Uh, what? I'm trying to remember where they banned. show this. You can't use them. They're banned. <laughs> oh, They're so talking about like, concept art and stuff, and then they show just like one slide of mechs, like straight up. And I'm not talking like boxy, real robot-style things. I'm talking they showed us a Macross. And... <laughs> I need to know if that's in the game or not. Um, I don't know that I'll be able to find the actual moment where they're doing this, but it was truly a thing of, like, I looked at the screen and was just stunned. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely insane. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to this uh, and excited to see where they take this game, especially if I... it becomes, like, an actual competitor to Civ. I so badly want to put Copernicus in a mobile suit. <laughs> I mean, it would just be so fun. Uh, yeah, anything else about Ara? No, it, it looks uh, it's... neat. I, I don't know if it's something that's exactly up my alley. I, I definitely want to try it since it'll be on Game Pass. I might as well I... give it a shot. But Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely something that isn't on my, my radar as a, as a game because I am, uh, as we've shown on stream before, <laughs> absolutely abysmal at real-time strategy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the other, um, the big twist with this is turns happen simultaneously uh that was the other sort of gameplay shakeup. is you have to kind of predict what your enemies are going to be doing uh, and other players are doing so like if you're moving your army and you have to actually build like a front line that they have to push through um because you're going to be yeah, acting it's almost at the same like time. it's almost like blurring the line between real time and and turn-based in a way it was, yeah it was i think it will give you some of that total war feeling but in a turn-based game, which I'm excited about. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our big final showcase, which yep. is Indiana Jones. 
this is a game that I think all of us have been wanting to see more of, and they really went Absolutely. out here and showed a lot of it. Uh, Machine Games Wolfenstein Studio, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so very experienced studio. <laughs> they have a lot of experience yeah. in you in you killing lots of Nazis. <laughs> Strange. Oh yeah. Shared thing to have, but you know sometimes <laughs> that's what. <laughs> That's how the cookie. Crumbles. Listen, if I worked at a studio that was known for games where you kill Nazis, I wouldn't feel that bad about it. I'd be like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that." Yeah. Uh, I yeah, was. We got our first I, look I, at the footage here. I came away from this pretty positive. I I want to know more. Um, I feel like the we did get gameplay, but I want to see like an extended like gameplay demo or something. But I was. A pretty positive overall for sure yeah I, w I would love to see like a five minute uncut chunk of things of like this is what it looks like moving between areas on the level and like going to attack things and like sneaking around and because they the did talk flow. about yeah they did talk about what you're going to be seeing there's going to be combat there's going to be exploration and puzzles i i the important thing about having those three kind of central uh aspects is how they all flow together because that's yeah. like that's one of the secret sauces in uncharted is is how like beautifully they're able to transition between puzzle oh, traversal yeah. combat right and that puzzle that traversal flow, combat and set pieces yes that that flow and that pacing they do so well and this also needs to have that same kind of uh smooth transition uh to make it all kind of work in my opinion yeah uh i definitely agree um I think everything they're showing here does look very appealing to me. The like stealth action is an, a oh. genre that I am very fond of. The oh, use, yeah, of, the use of the whip, gonna be a um, the use of the whip, improvised object object weapons too, like just getting a hammer yes. and throwing it at someone. Love using my environment. Just the variety of environments here too. Uh, going through like a jungle and then Egypt oh, yeah. and uh, what looks like a city of some kind. Gonna be that great Indiana Jones globe hopping adventure. Yeah. yeah, like this whip looks no. good in motion, which is something yeah. that I think is very hard to get right in first person. Uh, oh yeah, whips well, are that was the other thing. always hard. Yeah, that was the other thing is that this game, this this showcase had to sell me on a first person Indiana Jones game, which when I first heard that I was like, wait, what? First person? But after this, I don't know. I'm kind of sold. I I'm here for it. It's weird and it's not exactly what you would expect for an Indiana Jones game, but I think. I think they kind of sold me on it. <laughs> yeah. And they got the look and sound right, too. Um, mm -hmm. I believe Troy Baker is the voice actor for Indy. Yes. He does a good mm -hmm. job. Uh, he gets yes. the voice right. So I'm excited to see uh, once this comes out. And they, they got the title right. They have the dumb Indy t title of, like, in the weird circle, <laughs> the crystal skull. It's the <laughs> great circle. And I think it's just perfect. Uh, it fits in the naming convention. So yeah, I'm excited to play this hopefully later this year. Um, yeah. All right. Other thoughts from you two about uh, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle? I'm uh, very excited for it. This might be the one and only chance I get for my dad to play a game other than chess or Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if sense. they're gonna have. Uh, I wonder if they're gonna have any kind of Wolfenstein Easter eggs. That'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. Maybe, I'm sure there maybe will like, be. Maybe maybe a maybe a reference to good old good old William Blaskowitz in there, maybe like a Death's Head 
little cameo or something. I don't know. Yeah. Fun. Especially for fighting Nazis. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Get a reference in there. All right. Come on. <laughs> so now we're hopping over to the uh, Sony State of Play. This one we did not do an actual reaction to. Um, just because timing-wise, it did not line up with anything. But... Um, yeah, they showed a number of games here. The big headliners were Stellar Blade and Rise of the Ronin, and we'll go over them as we're playing, looking through the footage. Uh, is Death Stranding 2 not one of the... Um... This game comes out in like Death Stranding 2 is a surprise days. headliner. They didn't okay. tell yeah. us Death Stranding 2 was here. So it, it is a headliner, but it was a surprise one. Um, Helldivers looks like a third-person shooter. Like, this comes out in like three or four days, right? It's yeah, very soon. So... Um, so I, I had a I had a conversation with a friend of mine about because we both really liked the first Helldivers. Where we were looking, we've looked at gameplay and everything of this, and it's the the switch to third person was a surprise, I think, to most Helldivers fans. But I wonder because nothing about what I've seen looks bad, but I wonder if the swap to third person it's kind of lost its. I don't know if identity is the right word. It just, it feels different. And it feels like Western EDF is the trailers that we've been shown so far. Yeah. Which, hey, I'm not immediately against, but I feel like there was so much about that top-down perspective yeah. that really added to the uh, first I think the, game. The main thing that I'm worried about with third person, and I'm actually very excited about this, because I, I, yes, I hey, Western EDF to me is a huge selling point. Like, that is a, a very <laughs> oh, yeah. good positive. But there's a lot of visual noise going on and like yes. screen shake and whatnot in these trailers. And I, I don't know if that's going to be stuff that is, this is what it feels like to play the game or if it's going to be stuff that it, this is like tuned up for the trailers. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Cause I think suicide squad just came out and one of the biggest complaints about suicide squad <laughs> is visual noise being a huge yes. problem. Um, yes. And I think this could potentially have the same issue especially if we're doing the whole friendly fire AOEs and third person oh, thing yeah. uh, that the first Helldivers did, which I'm sure we are doing that almost guaranteedly. But yeah, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to end up picking this up on PC um, to play through it. This is also on PC this time around. Uh, I think the first Helldivers yeah. is too, but this is day and date with PC. So decided to give this a shot. I think... I think it's going to be a good game. I just don't know if it's what Helldivers fans are going to like latch on to immediately. I think it's going to be a good game in and of itself, but whether it's a good like I almost wonder if like the to solve that that issue just don't call it two, like make it a spin-off or something. And then I feel like it doesn't feel as as jarring, you know. Yeah. I wonder. I guess we'll see because we're going to get impressions of that game we'll very soon. I, would I mean, guess. I'm probably going to play it. It still looks fun. So Hey, pick it up on PC and I'll play it with you. <laughs> I Listen, I'm down. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Let's hop into Stellar Blade. So I want to talk about Stellar Blade a little bit because I think everyone There's been some controversy thinks... with it, right? It's not controversy, but it's a butt game, uh right? Everyone thinks it's a butt game because it is prominently the first trailer is a lot of shots of the main character, Eve, in a tight-fitting outfit focused on her butt. And that's just the way the cookie crumbled. And I think everyone went, hey, you know what? It looks like a fun action game. It's the equivalent of, like, a Heavenly Blade. Um, and I'm not saying it's not a butt game, but now it appears oh, yeah, to be a, a butt lot of game. Butt shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but now it <laughs> appears to be a butt game with, like, some of the best monster and NPC Ooh. designs we've seen in ages. And so like I'm going to really be honest. Cool looking overworld and stuff. 
I'm going to be honest with you. Like the the monster designs and some of the in like designs of the or some of the world design are the two things that stand out to me. The rest of it seems not bad. It all seems solid, but nothing like overly stand out to me. But the one thing I wanted to point out was I think the monster designs are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm really curious how this game's going to do. Because the thing that, obviously, we're not playing these with audio because we're talking over it, but they, they're going over, like, most of this trailer is focused on the story and characters and not what yeah. we thought this would be, which is the action gameplay. And, like, I mean, I think everyone just assumed this would be a relatively low-budget Bayonetta clone, right? With uh, a different character. I don't think it's low-budget. But now, <laughs> look at this, it look doesn't at this look low-budget. It doesn't look... <laughs> like a Bayonetta clone um, it looks almost like a near clone at this point which is I was gonna say that's the vibes it was giving me was was near more so than anything else yeah and like these character designs are just really really solid for everyone um, especially it's, all these like mechanical designs I've been I've been trying to figure out a way to describe how the outfits make me feel and it's like everyone every male character looks like they are an extra from Anthem <laughs> Every woman in this game looks like they are a Stoda mascot or a Mecha Sailor Moon. I was going to say, if you took Destiny and put a light sprinkling of diesel punk on everything. Just like the lightest scent mm. of diesel punk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm now a lot more excited for this than I was. Because I figured it would probably be pretty mediocre. Uh, this trailer has made me think there's might be more at play here than I had assumed. So I'm definitely looking forward to giving this a shot when it comes out now. Um, I think all the, the wacky stuff they showed in this looks legitimately fun to play. Um, and this like weird wasteland vibe is neat. You're like cooking food with your little drone that has a skull head. And I'm like, okay, that's a choice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm just very curious to see how this is actually going to play when it comes out, just because at this point, I think nobody knows what to expect, because everyone assumed it was one thing, and then this trailer comes out and has kind of thrown that into the middle of the air as to what this actually will be. Um, yeah, I'm just very excited to see what this ends up being. And it just kept going, too. This trailer is very long and keeps going. Yeah. And the part that I think everyone wants to see is where the actual combat is. Uh, and it looks good. Like this looks very solid. Yeah. So. Looks really flashy oh. in a in a good way. I lead I lead a battle angel. Yeah, for sure. This mm -hmm. definitely feels mm -hmm. like a lead a battle angel designs, uh, which is not a bad thing, I would say. No, no. Yeah, these bosses look great. I love this old man with the mechanical <laughs> back arm that, thing. He looks great. He looks great. <laughs> it's super cool designs. It just gears up to make the story seem like it's going to be a big deal. So I'm excited to see whatever actually ends up happening here. Ripping a monster up the spine is great. Mm. Yeah. All right. So that's Stellar Blade. Uh, then we saw Sonic Shadow Generations. None of us follow <laughs> Sonic. Um, I don't know if this is a, a port of Generations or a new game? Question mark. It looks I kind think... of fun. I... So here's what I think it is. I think it's a collection of Sonic games. Because I, I, I see the, like, very famous, like, he's running down the hill away from the giant truck that was the Sonic Adventure thing. 
and then they also have I think Shadow the Hedgehog in there as well. I was so I think, all like, I know a collection is that of remastered they're giving, games. They're they're giving Shadow his gun back, I think. <laughs> and yeah, I'll say the answer to that question is probably readily available on the Sonic website, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, none if of those you're are, looking for are for extensive them. Sonic information and and news here, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> I will say this looks fun. Like I like what I'm seeing. Um, it looks like this would be a good time. I actually have I own Sonic Frontiers now in my journey to pick up weird games that got kind of forgotten about of the year they came out. Oh, Sonic Frontiers were very cheap, so I picked it up just to give it a shot, and it's pretty good now. Especially that the technical issues are sorted out. So. Yeah, I, I'm interested to go. play it. All right, Zenless Zone Zero. I don't think any of us are too excited for this. This is uh, Hoyo versus new, um, I think, free-to-play. I don't know if they confirmed it's free-to-play. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's nice assuming see... free-to-play um, mobile and console action game. It's interesting to see at least a different environment from when we were first shown, which is essentially just city at night. It's definitely urban environments. Uh, but yeah, I like the character designs here. I like the look of this game. I would be more interested in playing this, I think, than Genshin long-term. So I've played a bit of Genshin, and it's fun. It's just not necessarily my jam. Because this uh, isn't like a live-service gotcha thing. This is like a single-player thing, isn't it? No, this is a live-service gotcha It's thing. gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's mind. a live-service gotcha thing. That's how little <laughs> I've followed this game. I don't, I don't oh, know what's going on. Oh, here we go uh, with this one. But the, the thing with it being a live-service gotcha game is apparently there were a bunch of early previews of this that were not super positive, which is why it's taken this long to come out from its first showcase. Um, and that's all rumor, so I, I don't know if that's actually the case or not, or maybe this game's just taking longer to produce than others. Uh, the animations look excellent. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but that was the rumor floating around, is that there is uh, some funky stuff going on behind the scenes here. So we'll see if that's the case when it comes out. Because Genshin's obviously had a huge amount of success, and it's still going very strong, people really like it. Apparently the story is really good, which I haven't played through. So, yeah, Zenless Zone Zero hopefully does well. But on to Foam Stars. Uh, yay! The game that uses AI art. I mean, oh, does it? I have. It does use AI. So they they use AI specifically for. Um, there are album covers in the game that are like, I Ooh. guess, just part of the menu or something. They use AI for those album covers. Ooh. Which to me is weird because I don't know if I was an artist, that would be the kind of thing that I feel like would be pretty fun. Is just like, yeah. hey, go make like a fake yeah. album cover. It um, is. It's it's exclusively what AI has been used for. It's you know nothing like taking out the boring grunt work that no one wants to do. It's just like, oh, let's have AI do the creative stuff instead of people we can actually pay to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's actually going on with this. Um, I'm probably going to try this game just because out of morbid curiosity, it's also well, free for PS Plus. Well, I think it's, it's going to be free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not free for everyone. It's only free on PS Plus, which implies that this is a paid game. Uh, <laughs> which is surprising Ooh. to me, right? I, I, I have <laughs> oh, no. no I, I have no interest in a... Oh, God, what was the... I had it on the tip of my tongue and I just forgot it. What's the... Oh my god, what's the squid game with the Inklings? Splatoon. I, yeah, I, I have no interest in a Splatoon-like. So I will say, the previews of this game were actually pretty positive. Um, and actually described it as being pretty different. It, it feels similar, but 
because of the fact that all of this is 3D and you're as you're putting your sp Splatoon ink that is foam down, it actually changes the level design. It feels a little bit more unique than it had looked like. See, if that's um, the case, then they should have showed us an act like extended gameplay to like show everyone else that because all we've yeah, gotten are these really that. like over the top in your face like gameplay montages that just end up it just feels like it looks like uh, an esports trailer, like right? Like it Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's for that type of person. Um so I don't know. I, I'm curious in how this game is going to do. I'm going to end up trying it at least a little bit just because it's free if you have PS Plus. Um, but yeah, Foam Stars is wild. I would not bet money on this game lasting for very long <laughs> uh, with Square Enix's track record. So yeah, we'll see. All right. Yeah. Dave the Diver, it's getting Godzilla DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla DLC now? Yes! yes. Godzilla <laughs> DLC. Uh, I'll say wow. this. I'll say this. It makes more sense than you might think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to play this game very badly. Oh, look it it kind over. of just slipped through last year. I, and this I will is a great say, rendering of Godzilla. So I will oh, yeah. say, this was my, Wait, my like, does she coziest... Have a is, is Godzilla wearing a lava bikini? Uh, maybe. No. Kinda, what? I think. Wait. What? Yeah, <laughs> it definitely looks like it. <laughs> oh, that, I believe, great. I believe Alex Godzilla is a genderless amphibian that uh, asexually reproduces. Because I uh, know this question was answered by someone at some point. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, I guess it, it does indeed look like a lava bikini. Which I find that's really. really funny. That's actually really funny. The, I'm the sure game, that's the not game intentional. Itself. <laughs> The game itself is actually pretty funny if you're into the the sense of humor that it has. Um, yeah. I will say it is it is funny for a, a game that was commonly seen as like the the number one like coziest like comfort game of the year to suddenly just drop Godzilla DLC out of nowhere. And and Sharktopus is in the game as well. Oh yeah. Oh yep. my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely. Game a good time. It's a good time. On my list to play at some point this year. Um, all right, hopping to the next thing, which is Console V Rising. Uh, v Rising is a really good game for people that haven't played it. It's like a pseudo online. You can choose to play it online or offline. Um, survival style game, but you build a giant castle. Is the theme? I mean, it's like top-down action RPG style. Um, I was gonna say the top-down perspective is pretty unique for the uh, but the big thing is that like the combat is excellent it's super fun uh you have a ton of like vampire abilities that you collect by killing bosses almost sort of like terraria or valheim style mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot going on in it it's very fun uh i would definitely suggest trying this out when it launches on playstation and i recommend playing it solo i find it more fun that way but there is like you can play this as a pvp extravaganza online uh <laughs> not my cup of tea but i'm sure some people will really get into that i'm sure <laughs> right moving on to silent hill the short message which is discount pt um oh. i'm gonna spoil I, wish brett was here. PT. I was looking forward to brett's inevitable rant oh <laughs> absolutely uh so this is out this got shadow dropped uh or not shadow drop it dropped like a couple days later i think um, it's free, right? Yeah, it is free. It is... Actually, I don't know if it's even out to the public yet. It was definitely out for reviewers to look at. 
But this is a free, relatively short, uh, like social media themed horror game. Um, you can play through. I haven't heard like I the main thing I've heard I is hate, that this is just. Super I'm sorry short. to interrupt. I hate everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be clear. It doesn't take place in social media or something. I just know you're using your phone for stuff. So, yeah, it, it's and Gen Z always on their phone. I've just heard a lot of mixed things about this since releasing, and I, I think the uh, reviews that have come out are pretty bad, like pretty five uh, out of ten no, style. What is it? What is the Silent Hill part of? I'm not super familiar with Silent Hill. Great I don't know what. Question, Wyatt. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> so, so this is Silent. So this is Silent Hill. This has and this has nothing to do with that weird voting Silent Hill game that there. No, is. this is not that. This is its own thing. <laughs> That does not have uh, microtransactions, to my knowledge. <laughs> this wow, feels so like, they're uh, 0 for 2 recently. This feels though. like a combination of a of an Outlast ripoff and a um, uh, PT ripoff. And you just kind of just, just mushed them together. <laughs> yeah. All right, I don't know how well, else. they did show one other Silent Hill game here, and this is probably the slightly more important one. Um which is, yeah, I guess it is available for Silent Hill Short Message. I mean, at that case, just play it and see if you dislike it, right? Like, it's not even, I think no one's opinion really matters unless you go try it yourself <laughs> at that point because it's the barrier to entry is on the floor. Uh, maybe you'll hate it and you can uninstall it. <laughs> get a whole PS5 just to try it. Yeah, get, buy your PS5. There he play is. Silent Hill there's, the bo there's the man, Quest for Wife. Yes, this is Silent Hill 2. Uh, which I believe is being handled by Bloober Team. So, those unfamiliar, that's... <laughs> so foggy. Behind the medium and a few other, I think, Layer of Fear. Uh, layers of Fear. The Blair Witch game. Yes. Oh. Generally relatively well-received, but not super highly acclaimed is how I would put them. Of Like, people have fun playing these games, or Bloober Team games, but they're typically not, like, seen as high-concept horror. That's how oh. I would put it. <laughs> They've um, also um, been under quite a bit of controversy, various different um, yeah. controversies over the years. Yes. Uh, um, this, to me, looks like Discount RE4 with the Silent Hill coat. Uh, discount because it looks notably worse, I would say, than RE4 does. It looks janky. It, it looks it janky. Just, the, the movement doesn't feel right at all. I will say, I think the monster designs and like the enemy designs here are translating really well. I do think those look <laughs> amazing. So, although this game is further away too, uh, this is not. We did not see like a 2024 for release for this. Um, this is just they showed footage of it. So I think that there is a lot of like chance here that this is not what it ends up looking like because literally this is an in development announcement trailer. And so oh, and we got a little bit of a teaser of Pyramid Head. Yeah, so like I, that, I'm not that saying this is a reason to be concerned, but it's not super Silent Hill 2-y. On that note, um, you you can't hear it because there's no audio uh, that we're using at the moment. The pistol sounded like a Nerf gun. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It, did it was not like sound super strong. It was it was really and again, hopefully that is just a placeholder sound effect because it I get the impression this game is a ways away. Um, I'll yeah. say the environments don't look that bad. Um, I think the lighting is is. I think for me the lighting is the thing that makes it look cheap right now. Like that's yeah. sort of how I describe <laughs> it. It's not doing it the favors that lighting in a horror game should be. Um, 
but they have time like this is not a I'm not nothing here is like actively concerning me I think Brett had a conniption <laughs> I do but think... at the same time at the same time if this isn't like final you know animation final assets why even show it like if it's not gonna look good <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean like, it's hard to say because right? we, we we're always harp on pro people for here. not showing gameplay but what this is not ready? weird because we we just don't know what state this game is in. Um, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because it's it's like, it, I, it I is going to look... I'm happy they showed it, right? Like, I don't think I would say don't show it, but I do think this maybe isn't doing them a lot of favors, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, I think the solution would have been to not announce anything at all, because clearly, if this isn't final, then they aren't ready. But, you know... Uh, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe that was probably out of their The way I kind of compare this their to control. is, um, I forget the name of the game, but we saw it a while back on an Xbox show, uh, like Exodus or something. That was the, um, a lot of the old ME team is working on it. That was like that space game. They were, they were like, you go through the portal or something and you travel and it's a different time or whatever. Uh, that game is super oh. early development and they showed gameplay that actually I would say looked pretty fun. So... It does like I think this does compare a little bit poorly to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw a bunch of Judas. So this is Ken Levine's studios. Uh, guy behind Bioshock. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> this one's interesting because rumors have been that this game has been in development hell for a while. Uh, whether or not we see any reflection of that, who knows? I think from what's shown here, it looks totally fine. It but looks, hey, it did it, take them a while. It took them like ten years yeah. to get this out. So, it it looks really interesting. I'm always down for another Bioshock, obviously, and it's clear that they're very much following that uh, blueprint. It's a very uh, the style, at least for the trailer and a lot of what we've seen of the games. It's very like um, I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way. It's very abrasive and in your face. <laughs> I don't mean yeah. that like I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but it's very much a different uh style than you'd come to expect. Um which is interesting for me at least, but um I I definitely want to see more. I think we've seen like two different showings of it and there's been snippets of gameplay but not much. Um I definitely want to see more on the gameplay. Finally, like, there's a little bit here, but um the gun's huh. barely used here. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't even fired yeah. in that clip. So, um, yeah, no, it looks I, fine when it was fired there. It, these abilities look fun to use. Whatever's going on with your hands looks fucking nuts. Uh, <laughs> I like when you when you use it looks like a like a lightning power. You can see like your skeleton through your hand, which is kind of fun. Hey, we, we love expanding on you know the horrors that plasmids do to your body. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm 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 into it. I don't know. I, I want to see more, but I'm, I'm yeah, again no date on this, so we don't know when it's coming. But yeah, I would say that trailer leaves me feeling um, curious about what they're doing next. So, all right, uh, moving on. Metro Awakening, Metro and VR. Uh, I don't. Oh yeah. Okay. Think... Well, I can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, notably, not made by the studio who made the uh, the trilogy. Um, yes. I think this is a different dev. Although I will say. If if there is a, a series to take into VR, Metro's a pretty solid pick in terms of yeah. making like a VR spinoff. 
um, they did say it is in collaboration with the original author, which is uh, of the series, which is pretty interesting. And I will say Vertigo Games is known for making VR shooters that are generally very good. So okay. I, I think this is in good hands. Yeah. Um, they they make uh, I, I believe After the Fall is one of the ones they did, which is like a zombie shooter. And Arizona Sunshine is like the classic VR zombie shooter. Um, both good games. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this, but I don't know that they'll pull off like the single player aspects of Metro. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, there was nothing that like was alarming or worrying at all. It all looked pretty solid. I just I'm not interested in VR yet. I'm just, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I think this is good for PSVR because PSVR really needs killer apps right now. There's just yes. not much exclusive to it. Um, but there is definitely, I think with this, a couple of good showings happening. Yeah. Okay, so the next one, this is Legendary Tales, which I think the <laughs> coming after Metro VR, this looks pretty rough. <laughs> But I'm going to say this. I think it looks pretty rough. It looks a lot more fun. I think yes. presentation wise, it's rough. But what's actually happening gameplay wise looks kind of sweet. I'm not going to lie. It, it, lo it, looks, it looks like a little bit of a. It looks like a lot rougher sword and sorcery. Yeah, so I'll say this game has been out in early access on Steam for a while and generally has pretty positive reviews. Um, it is very much like a blade and sorcery like thing but it's got more like rpg systems going into it like magic and whatnot which is they're obviously showing but uh i think this is a good game we'll see if this does well on psvr because this looks rough like this does look rough from the video that they're showing like i, I would say this video looks like it's less than 1080p and that's concerning for a vr headset I mean, um, again, though, look at that all Captain the Captain America shield looked awesome, right? And, like, and, he, like, he, like, snapped off a skeleton skull and then used it to block another attack. There's a lot of cool VR combat stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Cool. Presentation's yeah. rough. <laughs> I've wanted to pick this up on PC for a while. It's it's a pricey game. This is a near full price uh, VR game, oh, wow. which is rare. And it, I think the way it looks does not show super well. All right, Wyatt, big boy, Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, oh, here we go. This is our action trailer. We get to see a lot of combat. And in specific, the combat they're showing here is with a new vocation, the Warfinder. And the Warfinder's oh. gimmick is they're swip switching between the weapons of the other voc vocations. So you can see they just swap oh. between like a magic staff into the this mystic spear um, from a bow. So it looks like they can use three weapons from other vocations and make kind of like make your own class if that makes sense but it's pretty interesting uh um, oh it's it's the sample platter jack of all trades master and none type thing yeah, yeah that, that's exactly Which, what i would assume and, and it is. to be clear you can use multiple different weapons in the first game depending on the vocation you pick but it's a lot of going through inventories and switching stuff around yeah and i'll say so i believe in the nice... second game that is no longer the case i think i love every... wizard with a spy hand there look at that yes <laughs> which is exactly why this warfinder is cool because I, I think what they did is they took multiple weapons are now out of the baseline vocations and into Warfinder as a thing, where, like, you'll probably level up that class separately or whatever and unlock them that way. This, yeah, I'd yeah. say this combat this looks looking... so satisfying. Oh, this uh, is looking really good. <laughs> really good. 
our dragon friend is looking great. Um, all I, these monsters I mean, are very good. The armor designs think, are really oh, appealing yeah. to me. I will. I'll still I, say oh, one thing. The ground on climbing. I've been playing the the first one recently. One thing that I'm not a huge fan of, and I think it was an artistic choice, but it's one that I uh, that I'm not super keen about, is that everything looks a little washed out. Um, probably just because it was an early or like mid season 360 game, but it. Yeah, I'm not saying it it looks like as bad or worse here. It is still looking like a tiny bit washed out to me. And I'm not saying that this needs to be like avowed levels of like brightly colored, but just like a little, little more saturation would have been. I see it almost kind of look like it looks sun bleached in a way. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, which I do think they've shown a little bit of like nighttime and rain footage of Dragon's Dogma, and it looks very good uh of dd2 yeah. so i'm excited to see that stuff and like this water scene i think looks really good and like the desert scenes look really good but yeah i, I totally get what you're saying about it looking washed out sometimes and right. hey if that's part of the aesthetic that they want i i understand but i just i'm I, I, like again i'm not asking for like oblivion levels of color it's just like a li- little bit more <laughs> all right uh, moving on, Rise of the Ronin. This is the other big uh, game, aside from Stellar Blade, that was like the call-out for what would be at this showcase. And I think after this, I'm coming away very positive on Rise of the I Ronin. I am too. I um, am as well. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, the greater zeitgeist thinks of this game yet. I know a lot of people have compared it to Assassin's Creed, which, I don't know. I'm one of the people that has played basically every game that uh, Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja have put out. So mm-hmm. I think I, I can see a little bit more of the Neo-isms in this game. And I think a lot of people going in just expecting, like, Assassin's Creed combat are going to have a hard time. <laughs> well, people have been comparing it to um, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, so the, that the only well. thing that I've seen about this is people saying that the models and art style look bad, which I think they're uh, insane. I think. <laughs> yeah, I can see why they would say the character models look a little outdated, because I, I do think they look about the same as Neo and Wolong. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. I think this it's environment like this looks beautiful. doesn't look bad. Yeah, I think the environment looks good. Um, and yeah, I can see like the shadows don't look amazing, but like this is a great scene. Uh, this combat so looks really satisfying. Are you expecting oh, more like Souls blocking. combat? Or Souls-esque combat. So I'm expecting Neo combat. And a lot of people compared Neo to Souls. Uh, mm-hmm. Neo is not very similar to Souls, aside from the, like, you lose your things when you die, and you have to go get it, and you go through, like, these missions and do Some of the, fight like, a boss at the end. Stuff. Like, yeah, structurally it is similar to Souls. The combat system is its entirely own beast. Uh, it's basically oh. entirely based on, like, stance swapping and weapons that you have where you can, like choose from low, high, and mid stances when you're using them to get, like, different combos and different attacks that are good against different things. Um, and that that is making a return here. So you can see some of the things that he's doing is swapping between weapon stances, where he's, like, pulls up that menu and there's three things there that is a weapon stance swap from what it looks like. My God, so, these animations look incredible. <laughs> but that's Neo's thing. Neo is almost more of, like, a character action game in terms of, like, how the combat plays out than a Souls game. Um, Fire but, oh, you get a flamethrower. Absolutely. And I love he's parrying and use it as with a, a melee gun. weapon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the dodging and doing like a bayonet Which, uh, slice. 
That's don't try fantastic. to do that in real life. Parrying with a gun will absolutely ruin it. I love that like finisher. <laughs> looks really good. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I think this is going to be a great time. I think the weapon. Also, you're just is partaking in a giant battle. Oh, what is yes. this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, the Battle of Toba Fushimi. Ooh. The Super Bowl. Ooh. Yeah, I, everything they're showing here is appealing to me. I think the combat. I I do agree with the concept that these look like spongy enemies, but a lot of that is just because this is the more sort of Souls action style of game gameplay. Where you're expected to kind of do the thing right and play against the characters that you're fighting well, and, and learn their moves. And like you said, it's um, like if it takes after like Neo's combat, it's more of like a has like a character action style, which you know enemies in those games tend to be a little bit on the yeah because you've got to be able to show side. off your stylish stylish moves, right? You can't just let them yeah. die. Uh, if your, you hit a thing and it dies, then your style. cool combos over. Cat. There was a cat. <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to tell you something that's both going to make and ruin your day at the same time. This comes out on the same day that Dragon's Dogma 2 does. I know it does. <laughs> no! I know it does, Wyatt. No! Uh, I'm probably going to buy both day one and just not play Rise of the Ronin until a month later. That's <laughs> probably, that's, that's probably the same. absorb me. That's probably... Um, oh, destruct... I don't like, know. Like, this firework scene looks amazing. Like, there's a lot of yeah. things I like here. This is looking, yeah, I, I mean, I knew the title of this game, but I didn't know much about it other than vague. I was like, it's an open world thing. I saw this and I was like, damn, okay, sold. I'm yeah, sold. I'm convinced. <laughs> this, looks um, this looks great. And I would wager that this is going to be a fair bit easier than Neo and uh, Wo Long and whatnot. I don't think they're going for like the hyper difficulty with this one, but I could be wrong. Maybe it will be super punishing. <laughs> All right. Uh, after that, this is the Until Dawn remake. We didn't really get any real footage of this. It's just a lot of teaser footage. So, Until great Dawn, game. great game. Go play it. Uh, this yeah. will be probably as as long as it's handled well. Probably be a good like first way to experience it. A uh, very good game, yeah. especially if you like horror movies and you understand horror movie tropes. I won't say anything more than that. It's really well done. Go play it. <laughs> All right. Then we get Death Stranding 2, which you'll note, despite not being on the list, is by far the longest thing oh, here. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> all so right. first of all, I want to get one thing out of the way. That guy with the crazy arm, that's George Miller, director of um, yes. Mad Max. Oh. And uh, Babe Pig in the City for some reason. <laughs> huh. And Happy and the, Feet. the weird cat <laughs> that is on the floor is also licking up whatever spilled out of that body, so that's... Huh. So, so this is another weird Hideo Kojima-ism trailer. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Look at I, her face. I will say, some... as a fan of Death Stranding, that I like the first game a lot. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm getting close. And this one is a thing that I definitely want to play when it comes out. I was in for the oh. ride for this. I was okay with it, but at the same time, that's, that's I totally get game. complaints. Yeah, that's that's fragile. Um, I so I've I've this series is weird or I guess or I guess the first game was weird for me. I just there's something about and and to be clear, I don't really have a lot of experience with Metal Gear that much or a lot of his other games, but I just there's just something about his style and how crazy things can get in his stories that always kind of take me out of what's going on. Like it's it's partly visuals, partly writing. I can just never get You're not into a fan his of Die Hard Oh, I, there's the baby in the throat again. And, and, oh, but here's the thing. It's no. one of those things where I completely understand why people are really crazy about it. I totally get it. It's just for me, it it becomes this like 
funny car pileup of crazy shit where I like become desensitized to it, and it just like kind of. I think I don't see, know. It, it turns the way to describe the desensitization that you're you're talking about right now <laughs> is that when I watched this, I didn't notice they were blue in the scene because I just was oh, like, I oh, did. I, I just accepted it. I was like, okay. Right, wait, 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 wait. I thought that's no, no, that's the lighting, right? No, they're just Look blue. At they're Look blue. at them. They're blue. <laughs> Which is gonna be a thing. I'm sure it is will supposed have to, some... Is this supposed to be a face mask? Face masks don't work like that. What's happening? <laughs> I'm entirely sure. My my guess for this is this is like them traversing the beach or something. Like some crazy thing like that. And they're in like a weird alternate dimension. And that's why they're blue. And then it turns into... There's like a, a bit in the same place later where it is they're no longer blue. And so I I wondered what see same oh same God. location yep, there we they're go. not blue, so what's happening? What's going on? I feel um, like and and I specifically with Death and to be clear, I haven't finished the first game at all. I keep picking it up and putting it back down. I'm just Rosa, look at this little dude. Look at the stop motion. What is it? Ignore the motion puppet. It's incredible. I can't <laughs> ignore that. About, the thing about a lot of oh, it's gonna be the talking head on your waist. Oh yes. no, no, oh, my okay. God, I did not. The the disrespect to God of War here is not appreciated. <laughs> not appreciated. Okay, you leave that masterpiece alone. <laughs> I okay. My thing with Death Stranding, the the first game, and why I can't take anything that's happening seriously is that when it comes to a lot of the storytelling, there one of two things happens for me. Either a, I have no fucking clue what is supposed to be happening what i'm looking at what is i'm supposed to be feeling in a particular scene or it's the exact opposite where it is so obvious and like a lot of the names are just so eye-rolling where it's like uh his name is sam porter bridges get it <laughs> <laughs> that to me is part it's of like, the appeal uh... of these games it's like the the wackest combination Fun. of things going on and oh. it looks like this like, we're getting terrain hazards as a thing I, here that you're going to so, have to deal with. I, I think my problem with it, and maybe I need to play further in the game for it to click for me. I, like, the, unlike, I'm going to make a comparison to Alan Wake 2 for a second, right? Because Alan Wake 2 is similarly, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in that game. But one of the things that I praised most about it was that it had this internal logic to it. Where, like, once you once you understand the, like, the mechanics of the world, everything falls into place and it makes sense. I would say that that goes this for most today Academic book. games. For, for that Death does Strand go for Death Stranding as oh. well, if you play further in. <laughs> okay, I, I do okay. think part of that is playing, and I'm not done with it yet either. And so there is a limit to it, but I do think like there is an internal logic to all of Kojima's stuff that might be insane. Like sometimes it is just a little bit insane. But or a lot of bit insane. I don't know why I'm saying a little bit. Uh, a little. <laughs> okay, so what's the internal the appeal, logic right? behind a villain with a guitar that shoots lightning at people? Fucking cool. <laughs> that sounds That's amazing. What are you talking about? Oh, he rises out of a coffin like a vampire. Incredible. That's wild. The logic oh. for this scene is that I want to figure out what the hell is going on here by playing this game. <laughs> That's what's happening. I don't care what's, what else it is. I want to see weird Troy Baker David Bowie with a guitar 
that shoots electricity fight Sam Porter Bridges and a samurai robot that makes baby noises. <laughs> absolutely... Wait, where's, where's the samurai robot? Oh, it's coming, Alex. It's coming in just a moment. Have um, you not seen this yet? Have you not no. seen any of these yet, Alex? No, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> We're getting Alex's unfiltered reaction with no audio here. That's great. That's great. <laughs> what? Oh. Whole thing. That's great. Yeah, I I think this is a good showing for Death Stranding 2. I think this has done what it needs to do of get people really interested. And I think they showed enough gameplay that people are understanding that this is the same game with some different stuff going on, right? Like, it's still going to play like Death Stranding. It's just going to be... Now you're dealing with more environmental hazards. And you presumably are going to have more weaponry to deal with these, like, robotic It enemies. seems like... It does seem like they they want to have more of an action slant than, than yeah. the first game. Because the logic in the first game as to why you don't... And you do get things like guns later on, but they're a big deal to use. Like, they're not mm -hmm. a thing you're expected to really carry with you regularly. Um, it's because when something dies, they cause, like, this big explosion. And that was, like, the whole... That's what the Death Stranding is. is that thing oh, started there's to there's the explode. guitar! <laughs> oh like, this God. is just sick. This is amazing, right? <laughs> I don't care what oh, the logic is. Oh, that's the baby on. noise! Sarah. Yeah, he's making baby. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> the, 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 there's something about, and and I'm also gonna say this too. This is this is a thing that isn't gelling for me, and I'm not saying is like an issue. People are very into it. I understand. There's just something about the the clash of tones that just doesn't work for me, and it does for other people. And oh, that's it totally does for fine. me. <laughs> no, no, no. I I totally understand that it works for a lot of people. There's a reason Kojima is as loved as he is, right? I I get it. It's just like something like that specifically just doesn't just doesn't work for me, <laughs> and I wish it did. I Why? Just, that's such I, a strange scenario to be in because this to me is what sold me on Death Stranding too. This is like the <laughs> moment where I was like, I have to play this and finish the first game because um, it's so bizarre that I just have to see what's happening. Like I don't understand, and I want to understand. Um, whatever is going on in this crazy scenario here, and maybe Especially I'll be it in looks a like similar. Plugs into his guitar is like a snake thing that was on his shoulder. I don't know. It looks yeah. Like... Well, no, no, that's probably that's probably just his version of an Oger deck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that's like, it looks like a weird it snake. It's I do cool. have another weird question that you know is completely worthless to ask, but I'm still going to anyway. Why are his intestines so loosely packed? Great question. Because I <laughs> obviously this is to clarify. This is the villain of the first game. So yeah, oh, this it guy's is? in the first game. I thought that was Mads Mikkelsen, who was the. No, oh, uh, no, well, not really. I, it was not at the point that I'm in the game. <laughs> uh. Mads Mikkelsen is absolutely not. It it where I am in the game he is barely in the game. So uh -huh. we'll see. Alex, you gotta stop spoiling yourself on video games <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> There's a yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. I have not even gotten to the point where he's involved in the game more than just like in the occasional weird flashback. But I've been meaning to go back and finish the first one. Now I can play it on PS5, and I'm not playing at 30 frames, <laughs> so I, I've been meaning yes. to go back and finish it. But no, my my <sighs> assumption is that this is meant to be a surprise reveal. Like whatever you do in the first game to solve the villain problem is not going to be permanent, right? Like I'm guessing <sighs> that's what what the reveal is. Um, I just wish I just wish because like this in a, in a different setting. I like it's it's not the thing itself that I have an issue with to be clear. It's just it's a clash of tones that I wish the combination I is what makes it work, Wyatt. Oh No, right. My and, soul. No 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 no. And I wanna again I wanna be clear. I understand that this works for a lot of people. This isn't a this is objectively bad thing. I, that's not what I'm trying to say. 
I wish this worked for me. It it just doesn't, and I and that sucks for me. <laughs> it really Maybe does. Maybe you just need to play more and to I'm, see that it's it's tonally all congruent. And, and I'm glad that it is working for Death Stranding fans. That is great. I just I wish it did for me. I it just. See, now, now what? You have to I'm finish sorry. Death Stranding to know whether or not there's weight behind those words or you're just thinking. It won't work for you. <laughs> as Maybe I've said a thousand times, as I've said a thousand times, all these, all this garbage that I'm spewing out my face right now is subject to change because I haven't finished it yet. Maybe I'll change my mind. Totally possible. I am open to it. But this yep. is where I'm at right now. <laughs> now, I will say this was too much Death Stranding. <laughs> this is too much of Death Stranding because this felt like... I will like... say, funny, funny you mentioned that because with a lot of these sequences i'm like this is really choppily edited and then it said at the end edited by hideo kojima absolutely <laughs> we have i was like this is so weird like like oh he has things, a thumb ring now uh, i don't know i wish it worked for me more than it did i I really do. <laughs> no, I, I think the editing for most of this trailer works, but then it get you get to the point where like it feels There's like the trailer ends three separate times. Like, <laughs> this has the Return of the King problem where like it ends <laughs> four times. And I say Return of the King problem. I love it in Return of the King because I sign up for it. But here, like this is the trailer. I don't need to see this much of Death Stranding 2 at once. Like this is legitimately straight up 10 minutes of Death Stranding 2 and I think all at once unless this was like pure gameplay or something where they were doing just walking around and it was like an actual showcase um, like they could pull this in the dev direct I don't think they can pull it in a Sony state of play where they were moving through games much faster for the rest of it um, yeah. But yeah I'm gonna play Death Stranding 2 I'm very interested in that uh, we'll make Wyatt play it at some point <laughs> oh boy uh <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how this game plays out and where all of these crazy things like the hand mask come in and all that. So, yeah, we'll see how this uh, shakes up when it does arrive. On that note, uh, one other little thing shown at the end. Hideo Kojima got his moment of standing in a movie studio and letting it pull out and reveal that he's in a movie studio. What an incredible moment. Yep. Aren't you happy, Wyatt, that he's in a movie studio talking about a game that blurs the lines between games and film and is a cinematic thing that none of us know what it is? Oh, sorry, I was just taking a sip of water. Were you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you happy that Hideo Kojima got oh, okay. stand in a movie theater? Or movie production I, studio and announce visit. You know, you know, Hideo Kojima is a man where I wish I liked his work more than I do. <laughs> I think that's just what it comes down to. I have you, have you liked a Metal Gear game? Have you played any of them? I played five, and I thought it was neat. So to confirm, the reason Vizent is a big deal is this is Hideo Kojima confirming he's going back to stealth action. This is a stealth right. action game. So that, that's why Vizent is a big deal. But he also did a, a big over, overly Hideo Kojima-y uh, announcement where he was like, oh yes, it's going to blur the lines between film and game. And I'm like, okay, I don't... 
I'm not sure that I want my stealth action game to blur the lines between. I was going to see the 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 pessimist in me uh, thinks that that is either going to be the same thing that um, Quantum Leap did, or it's just going to be full of quick time events. Exactly. Like, I'm just wondering what he thing, means by that. The weird thing is like, oh, it'll be an interactive game, but with the production of a movie in sound and visuals. I'm like, how? Wait, sound design for a game in a movie. Two completely yeah, separate different things. things. What are you talking about? <laughs> and if you're talking you about talking? just like production quality, that's the same thing I would say like studios like CD Projekt Red are doing, right? Where they have full mocap and everything. Like this. Yeah, this is not groundbreaking <laughs> stuff that he's talking about. Or maybe it is, and we're just too dumb to see it, right? Like maybe listen, this is going to be groundbreaking, and he just hasn't shown us what it is yet, and that's why we don't get it, right? I'm totally listen, down like, for that I, to be the case. But... Hopefully. I also understand that this is a big deal because I know that he's someone that is like his like first love was movies and he's always wanted to make a movie. Like I always I, I understand that. So I, I know that this is like a big deal for him. It's just saying, oh, this game is going to blend film and and uh, and games together is not it like, what really does that mean? mean? Because, like, Naughty Dog has been doing it for years. Remedy has been doing it for years. Well, why, what what and... I think this means is this is, like, this is what we mean when we talk about gameplay is the proof of a thing, right? Because this is just Hideo Kojima has made a bunch of statements that individually sound pretty cool. But taken together, I don't know what he means, and he hasn't shown us yet. And this is, like, in that weird way, the same way that the Game Awards had that OD, like, 10-minute segment that was way too long... Um, and like I like Hideo Kojima a lot I love playing his games I, I've liked every game that I think he's put out but man sometimes I think you we have to be shown instead of tell, told right like showing is better yeah. than telling in most scenarios well he clearly has a knack for visuals it's just weird that, that like post and he also just let those original Death Stranding trailers speak for themselves and he didn't really say much about it and I feel like that's a more in a way more effective. He let us be more naturally confused now. instead of confusing yeah. us with his words. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and, and, and just to end my little, I don't hate Hideo Kojima. I think that it's great that someone who has such a strange, bizarre, and very personalized vision is able to make projects on the scale that he's making and they're as popular as they are. I also really like the gameplay of Death Stranding quite a bit. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Look, Wyatt, I usually end up being the negative stance person. You're the negative stance today. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, I don't... I don't. All these I wish on, I I'm very excited for all of Hideo Kojima's stuff, but I do think his speeches were a little crazy during this trailer. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's hard I'll, to predict. <laughs> this makes the third possibly he's more project that he's working on. There's Death Stranding the 2, projects, there's OD, yeah. there's... But, but it's more than that, because... Didn't he also say that there's going to be like other projects in Fizzent as well? It's not just like a combination I thing. I think Fizzent is that. I don't know. Okay. Like this is the thing, right? We just don't know how it's how that studio is run. We don't know what Kojima is actually doing. Um, we don't know what overseeing he's up to. three games is a lot for anyone. <laughs> so I would yeah. be surprised if they all come out as Kojima e as Death Stranding two. I think Death Stranding two is probably where his focus was. Um, and then I'd, I'd bet it's just beyond the point where he needs to be involved as much because it's just it looks like it's in full I'm, production now. So I'm yeah I'm sure these other two projects are like pre-production at the very latest. Um, I mean yeah. we'll, we'll see how it so goes we'll I guess. But <laughs> I'm very curious for when they come out. But yeah we we just have very little to go off of right now. Um, 
But hey, you know, snakes in Fortnite. So anything can happen. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. right. So this is the portion now where we, instead of talking about the uh, the trailers that we've seen, we, we saw a lot of things, we're going to mention games that we've been playing lately. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and get my lightning round out of the way because I played a lot of games this week because I finished a few things in the backlog, which meant a lot of things got, got finished out in between the last couple of episodes where we did like a, we're talking about this game. Um, first shout out, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth came out. Um, I, at the time Infinite Wealth came out, had not finished Like a Dragon. I have since finished both Like a Dragon and oh Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man with no name, uh, which are both very good games, uh, highly recommended, so I could get to Infinite Wealth, because Infinite Wealth got higher scores than I was expecting, even as a fan of the franchise. I was like... There's no way this gets above, like, an 85, right? That tends to be how, like, a Dragon game score uh, straight up landed immediately, like, like, a 91. And I was like, okay, this is a bigger improvement than I thought. Um, so it became super high priority for me to get to it. Uh, and I did, and I finished Like a Dragon and Like a Dragon Gaiden to do that. I'm now playing Impotent Wealth. Very good, like people are saying. Um, yeah, Like a Dragon, great game. Uh the combat system gets really boring, and I think Infinite Wealth fixes all the problems that it had that made it kind of boring, where your basic attacks don't really matter, and uh, you kind of fall into the same loop of just using strong skills to blow everything in the room up. But Infinite Wealth has fixed that issue by making basic attacks and stuff a lot more appealing and having more, like, you can move around, so you can actually aim AoEs, unlike the first game, where you just kind of have to pray and hope that it does the thing that you want it to, <laughs> uh, which was the worst part of the first game. Also, there's a boss fight in the first game that does the thing that is the worst thing in any JRPG that every JRPG seems to want to do, which is you lose the game if your party leader dies, Ichiban Kasuga. Uh, if he dies in combat, game over, you have to reload, right? Or retry the fight. There is a final, pre-final boss, it's not the final boss, but like a boss before it, that has a move that will randomly kill one of your party members. <laughs> and this can hit Ichiban. And you just game over. Now, there is a solution, and Ichiban has a skill to not die one time, basically, that you can use and, like, re-up your defense there. But if you didn't know it was coming, that boss fight, because of the, like, inflated HP values, can take, like, 20 minutes of hitting the attack button over and oh, over again. God. <laughs> so I was 10 and a half minutes into this fight, and then Ichiban got one shot, and now I know the solution, but I did lose, like, a full 10 minutes, and that was very annoying. Um, but yeah, that's the worst part of that game, and it's very good otherwise. Uh, yeah, Gaiden is one of the only games that has made me full cry. Like, I'm not talking a single tier. I mean full-on, actual, like, full tiers. Uh, so if you're a fan of the Yakuza games, it's not going to hit that hard for anyone that hasn't played 0 through 6. Like, it, it is very much a 0 through 6 need to have been games that you played to hit that hard. But if they, if you did, I think you'll have the same experience I did. Um, otherwise, don't play that game. I think everyone who said Gaiden's a good jumping-in point is insane. Um, and that <laughs> game is absolutely not where you should start the franchise. Either start at 7 or start at 0. That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> don't do anything else. Um, yeah, Gaiden is very fun and very cool for being a game that was made in like under 18 months for... A uh, low budget price, very short campaign that is just as wacky and insane as every other Like a Dragon game. So, yeah, I was really happy with that game, uh, all things considered. Uh, it helps that it was on Game Pass, so I didn't even have to buy it. 
And yeah, Event Wolf is very good. I'm still playing it right now. I finally made it to Hawaii. And the day's been going real bad. You should be <laughs> playing oh, it. We'll it gets better. You've been playing it this entire episode. You've just been very sneaky about it. <laughs> well, I've, see, the problem is I played too many things this week because uh, we all want to talk about Entrouded. That's another game that yes. we've all been playing. About. <laughs> yeah. so we're going to jump into yes. that in a minute. But I do have to mention, um, I was hoping other Alex would be here so we could chat a little bit about Suicide Squad because he's been playing Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad came out to, I think, about as middling reviews as we all expected. Um, it hasn't been doing great <laughs> and is pretty assuredly a flop uh maybe, maybe well, not as big of a flop it was unplayable for the um the early access, early access oh yeah because like it uh yeah. auto completed the campaign was that yes it <laughs> auto completed the campaign and skipped itself um but notably the campaign is apparently not as good as people had hoped it would be it's still supposedly the rocksteady is a character tech and if you look at the trailers you can see this is incredible like they're Facial animations and everything are the best in the business, um, which, yeah, I absolutely buy. Uh, but I don't want to play Suicide Squad. <laughs> but I went, hey, I remember that other superhero-themed live service that crashed and burned that people told me the campaign was good in. I have a physical copy. I should go finish that game. Uh, so I finished Marvel's Avengers <laughs> earlier today. My God. And I think people are right. I think that campaign is pretty good. Um, it's not amazing, because I think it does reveal the problems that Marvel's Avengers had in a little bit more detail, which is there's only one enemy faction, and they suck. Like, it's just uninteresting and not super fun to I fight. Just, and I know we've already had this conversation, Ryan. I'm just going to say this again. Like, making a good superhero game... I'm not going to say is an easy task, but like trying to make a superhero game into a live service game, you're you're overcomplicating things. I you really are not think, asking for that. I think much. Marvel's <laughs> Avengers would have critically done much better even if it was the same game if they just removed the loot. Like just rip the looting system out and make it entirely just based on the skill trees and stuff cuz I think that would have just been better received. Um like, yeah, it's not as much of a live service, but I, I don't think that game's live service was ever going to succeed. Um, but the characters in that play meaningfully differently. They all have a very different kit. They have different skill trees, things that you can like specialize in different things. Um, it changes your abilities and whatnot, where like you can choose if you want uh, Black Widow's things to be regular pistols, a high-power like revolver-style pistol, or if you want like SMGs, and that's cool. Uh, and it's, it feels meaningfully different to play with each of them. Um, I played a little bit of the Winter Soldier after I finished the campaign just to be like, hey, how, how does Bucky play in this? And he was super fun. He plays super differently, and he like, calls in airstrikes and stuff, and it's very cool. Um, it's infuriating because people just want a two- to four-player co-op like action thing. Just, that's just yeah. that's what they want. Like, like you there's can great say, set oh, pieces yeah, too. Like, there's a moment where you ride like you're in a space station and there's no combat happening. You're just like walking around the space station trying to figure out what happened, and it was super cool. Like that was one of the most fun missions of the game. Is just like the environment and like I had been conditioned to expect combat. So whenever I walked into an arena that looked an area that looked like an arena, I was a jumpy because I was like I expected enemies <laughs> to come out. It was really fun. Um, and yeah, that, that was like the highlight of the campaign for me. And I think there were a lot of moments like that that were really good, like, cool set-piece moments, which apparently Suicide Squad doesn't have. Like, that's what I keep hearing, is that it does not have those set-pieces. 
Um, you have the Justice League, though. How can you not make set pieces with them? And specifically, I, I, heard, I mean gameplay set pieces, not like I heard a thing saying. Pieces, um, but I heard a th- I heard a thing saying um, there's less mission variety in Suicide Squad than Anthem. Yeah, I mean the real oh. problem is like none of us have played Suicide Squad, <laughs> so anything we say here is entirely like baseless, right? Like we only know what we yeah. have seen from reviews and stuff. Um, so don't take anything we're saying as a reason like that we are bragging on that game or anything. It's just a. I think the comparison here is just very sad because all of us cared about Rocksteady's Batman and now we're in like this weird state where Suicide Squad is canon and there's just this weird, they've left us in limbo. Which um, I don't even understand. I, ugh, I don't even, it's such a waste. It's such a waste. Of, I, like, I much a, would have preferred Gotham Knights to be the sequel to <laughs> Rocksteady's Batman, right? Like I feel like that'd be a much more fitting game to be the, the follow-up. Um, and that game's not great, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate that it ended up this way. And Avengers, I think, shows the problem of like trying to do this live service thing. I think Avengers is a good game at its core that has fun characters to play and is entirely let down by the fact that enemies are like based on scaling stats and meant to be like they're sponges because you need to get your damage number up, so they're not satisfying to fight. And the enemy faction is boring; it's just a bunch of robots. And they it's, don't do anything interesting. It's so weird. Like, you just you just need like a co-op beat 'em up, like a co-op brawler. Like I was playing a it's ton of Cap in it, and Cap is so fun to play. He has like this really cool ricocheting shield that you can like time it to kick it back and do it again, and just super Ooh. cool stuff like that. And those and, things and there that I are say, really good. <laughs> and when I say not that complicated, making any game is complicated. But you're you're taking something. That could, that is so simple in comparison to what you're trying to do, and I get it. It's a live service game, so you can get a bunch of money off of the whales. I get that. But when your game crashes and burns as hard as Avengers did, was it really worth it at the end of the day? Well, you also got to keep in mind that like when you're making a live service thing, you're locking up dev time. Like you, those people working on the live service cannot move on to whatever next project is happening. Um, and that's going to be a problem, right? Eventually, where you're you're like, I want to make Marvel's Avengers 2. And then you're like, well, we have to start now because everyone was working on the live service, so it's not going to come out for four more years or whatever. And you run into this weird state where, like, yeah, the game's just not going to... You can't hit a cadence of releases that sustains a game developer. So... Well, and what what makes Suicide Squad more of a kick in the teeth is that eight years. It's been eight years since rocksteady has released anything and this is what we get even if the game was good okay let's throw that out there i still wouldn't be interested because i don't want to play a live service superhero game or supervillain game whatever i i don't want to that's not it's also like they have like the weird venn diagram of of unfortunate audience targetings of like okay first of all you need to hit people that want to play a live service superhero game which is not many And then you also need to hit people who want to play, instead of playing the Justice League, they want to play the Suicide Squad. And they want to kill the Justice League. And they want to go fight those comic characters that they love and piss on their graves. And I think that's very much, like, you just made your audience so small. We're like, now you're just targeting live service players, which means you have to be better than other live services to attract them. And from what I've heard, Suicide Squad actually has, like, a good looting and gun system. 
but it's in a Suicide Squad game. Like, What's not... it doing here to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> What's it doing there to, to begin with? And oh, apparently weird. the combat is like, people have very different reactions to how fun it is. Um, my take is that it looks like Discount Warframe. I'm not entirely sure if that's the case or not. I think I still stand by the fact that the, the movement and the... Um, it just looks really cool. Like, it, it seems like that's the yeah. one thing that kind of defines each character. Like, Boomerang... Uh, Captain Boomerang can like throw his boomerang and then use the speed force to like teleport to it, which looks really neat. Um, you know, so this is like uh, the inverse of just Avengers, flying around. Avengers, the movement on characters is the least exciting thing about them because they're typically pretty similar, but everything else is very unique to the character. So I think that trade off was probably worth it. Like, it feels better to play characters that feel different than characters that feel the same. Um, just do a horn shooter. If you're if you're the Suicide Squad and you're fighting against Mindless, just make a horde shooter. Just make it like the movie. With some yeah. like fun traversal, you know. Yeah. And then each character has the like again. It's something that is comparatively so simple. You're trying to create a live service looter shooter that has to have enemies scaling with loot. You have to have all sorts of different rarities and all sorts of all this. Just cut that crap out, okay? Yeah. Four characters. They all feel distinct with their own weapons, maybe throw in a skill tree or some upgrades or whatever, and just make it a horde shooter. I'm not saying that that would be an easy thing. Making a game is not easy. But so simple in comparison to what you're trying to do, and people would be so much more happy with it. Yeah, because I, I feel like the so most similar strange. thing is in design is probably Destiny. But with Destiny, like, mm -hmm. you have three classes, so you might be like, oh, well, there's only three, right? And then Suicide Squad, you're like, well, there's four, that's more. But Destiny has, like, four subclasses, five now, I think, right? With uh, Strand? Yes, um, yeah. For each five for class... Each, and then they're getting... Which I would and... count as being, like, that's now 15 classes, functionally. And then each of them probably has, like, three or four different builds within that, of, like, what weapon you're using and what things you're doing. Of Like, I have a build oh, yeah, Especially now more than it's Explosions and, like, form. turning me invisible, which is super cool. And so it feels like, like, if you look at that at baseline, you're like, oh, Destiny's not that complicated. But if you actually go into it, you're like, oh, well, it has a lot more working here. Um, and Suicide Squad, from what I hear, just there isn't that character expression there. You don't actually get to have that feeling that you're playing like a hunter or a warlock, or you're playing Harley Quinn or King Shark. You look like Harley Quinn or Queen King Shark, and you're just shooting things. So It's crazy, too, like, again, with that eight-year development cycle of, like, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know... We none of us know the production behind the game, the maybe the issues that it went through. I don't know. No one knows. But in eight years, you didn't once read the room in terms of how live service games, especially live service superhero games, are received and think, hey guys, maybe this is the wrong direction to take things. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's so absolutely strange. the case. And I'm yeah, I think we'll, we'll end up talking about yeah, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad again, I'm sure, because Alex is playing this game. He, a friend of his made him buy it with him. He needs so, new friends. He needs new friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe that. It's So Listen, we're going to get first-hand experience from him. Um, and yeah, I'm going to say, like, if Suicide Squad, if it's cheaper on Game Pass, I will probably pick it up and play it just because I do tend to be the target audience for looter games. Like... I love looting. Looting is the thing I do. I work on Diablo. Right? Like, a, <laughs> I think there's very clearly a through line there. Um, I love these types of games, and so it's just very sad to me to see them coming out in this sort of state. And also just thinking everything needs to be a live service. Like, You, you can make a successful loot-focused thing without it being a live service 
thing. Like, there's tons of games like, like Borderlands and stuff like that. So I think you absolutely could have had success here in a different way, but they went for this insane live service. All right, let's talk about a fun game. <laughs> yeah, Enshrouded? <laughs> yeah. Uh, How have you guys been liking Enshrouded? It's become a problem for me. Well, you know... <laughs> I have more I than dabble. 24 hours on it now. So let's since go over we what Entrouded is. Um, Entrouded is the latest outside of PAL world survival game craze, uh, which is great to hear. Entrouded has done very well, too. It pe People yeah. were worried that because PAL world had like this incredible launch. That was me. Um, that was one of them. Seven million players in like the first week and a half uh, that it would really affect um, Entrouded's ability to get an audience. Entrouded sold a million copies in its first week. So yeah, I, I, I think it hits... Uh, I think it hits a much different itch than Pal World does, and I think that yes. I, I can't say for certain whether or not one of the building methods is better than the other, but they definitely feel a lot different. Yeah, they and feel in my experience, different. I think that Enshrouded is better because I haven't had too much um, actual building uh, done. Yeah, Pal World's got the kind of like Fortnite style building where you're like building these like built up walls and whatnot, or like Ark style building. Um, Enshrouded is voxel-based, so you have actual voxels that you place down, uh, and you can do it manually one by one, or you can use a, a, a tool to like put them down in shapes, which allow you to get really creative with how your stuff is laid out. Um, and there's tons of cool creations that are in the game that you can see of like... The thing that really sells me on Enshrouded is that Enshrouded is not set in a just wildlife world. Uh, that's often a thing that bothers me with survival games, is I really like the idea of like post-apocalypse survival exploring an area that's actually built up. That's one of the few things I'm going to give Fallout 76 credit for, is Fallout 76 at least has a more interesting map to explore than I think like a randomly generated procedural thing is. Um, and Entrouded is not randomly generated. It's a, a hand-built map. Um, that's I, was, cool. um, I was talking with someone, with a friend of mine, um, I was talking to them about Entrouded, and they were like, oh, whenever I see gameplay of it, it just makes me think, oh, I'd rather go play Valheim. Right? And I feel like the, the way to describe Entrouded to people is that a lot of people are just saying that it's a survival game, which is, like, partially true. I think that the difference, if you want to compare it to Valheim, because that's its closest comparison. I would also, say. both very um, good games. <laughs> both very good games. Like, I'm not even, I'm not shitting on one or the other. I love both games. Um, uh, I, I would say that Valheim has its roots, its foundation in survival crafting with really good use of like rpg mechanics it's the exact opposite for enshrouded <laughs> where it has its roots in an open world like adventure rpg with survival crafting elements as flavor essentially yeah absolutely and so they do they do feel like very different experiences but i can also completely understand someone watching gameplay and thinking i'll just go play valheim i understand but you gotta think of them as like uh polar opposites of each other not in quality but in intent it's like i almost get like an elder scrollsy type of enjoyment out of entrouded i think compared to yeah. uh other yeah. survival games where like a thing that i i love accurate. doing things like hearthstone in um skyrim because it, it lets you feel like you have a place to return to that you build up with over your adventures but a key part of that that m many games that are just focused on like building a homestead or farming or whatever miss is that you have to also have the adventure element to get that loop to feel that, mm -hmm. that way. Um, because that's like, tons what... Tons of people love um, half of that loop. Like, you can make a game that's just adventuring, or a game that's just doing the homesteady stuff, and it will still be a great game. But if you want to get that, like, specific feeling, you have to have both, right? And Enshrouded yeah. absolutely nails that. 
Because I, for me, I'm I'm someone who dabbles in survival games occasionally. I do like Valheim, but I I agree with you where the the pull to continue like, oh, I'm gonna make my settlement better. I'm gonna I'm gonna increase production, whatever. That pull really fades after a while because it's like, what am I building up to? You know, like what am I what am I working towards? That's something that Valheim well, the, um... and it's something that Enshrouded definitely I think to a different but in some ways greater degree fixes i i feel like the the exploration uh as of now is the the major pull for me because i yeah for sure. I, I i i can't talk about that right now because I, I just found a a big part of of the map but um also it has like a little bit of a fashion end game uh grind as well for finding yeah. and crafting the armor um yeah you've got builds just... and like build crafting because yeah. the skill tree is like it it is definitely you have a lot of like choices in there where you can choose to spec into being a mage or being a warrior, um, and I'm sure you'll probably the archer, thief, each. Yeah, for sure. It's and the that, best kind fun. of skill tree, wherein there are like there are some parts where it's just oh stat boost here and stat boost there, which is never a problem. You you I think it's really important to have those in the skill tree, but it also adds the most important part, which is it's adding whole new move sets. It's adding yes. whole new features. It's yeah. it's the right balance of hey here's a couple of stat boosts and then this awesome new ability that like can completely change combat or change like, now you can double and those abilities and that's thing like yeah, and those abilities cool. aren't too far into the skill trees themselves so it gives no. you enough room to experiment and see what yes. you what you like to play with no yeah and you can also respec at any time so it's very much a a good way there's like a mild cost to it if you have to bring like enemy cores that you've defeated to it's it's a good alter, example but... it's a good example of how to smartly streamline something without losing any depth right perfect example i one of my favorite features is it has like weapon and tool degradation like most survival games do mm. but when you go over to a crafting table, it just repairs things for you instantly. It doesn't Automat take up any yeah. resources. You don't have to individually select things. It just does it for you, it's which is something stuff. I really missed in other survival crafting games where it's like, Ugh, I have to make a whole separate fucking repair table, and then I got to bring everything over. I got to get all the right resources. No, 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 no. It cuts out all of that. Like, In my opinion, I know some people get a lot of... Uh, uh, fun out of out of that process for me it just slows things down to a, a degree that i find somewhat annoying here it just gets rid of it and it's just here your stuff is good go keep exploring go on <laughs> yeah you really feel that push to keep exploring and like do fun things but you also have I need like to do the quest super... so i get a bigger backpack to put more stuff in <laughs> yeah. because i'm a material hoarder <laughs> that's the thing is like it loops back into itself right that's the important part is you feel a need to go back to base and then restock and the great thing is they give you, when you're playing, you have uh, the way that you set your like buildable area is the altars that you place down, but you get more of them as you play the game, and they act as fast travel points. So you can use them as like a fast travel point, or you can decide you want to have more than one base and like build a, a cool building on one other side of the map or another. Um, and that's just a really fun like set of things that you can do. Uh, or you can build like one mega structure, I'm sure, if you put them all next to each other. Um, oh yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm sure you could do some really cool stuff with that and I think that's a, a real strength of the game I've um, seen there. there's a lot of really cool buildings that people have made on the Enshrouded mm -hmm. uh, subreddit someone, yeah I've seen people have made like Moria someone mined out the bottom of a mountain to make a floating island for their wizard tower 
<laughs> super cool that's insane and they have grappling hook like things on little mini um yeah i need to get the ability uh, to build the grappling hook things to... i want to oh. make a grappling hook obstacle course that's my Ooh, yes that's my calling yeah and shroud has got tons of fun and it uh and uh, an important thing to note it's early access i don't think any of us feel that when we're playing it no no at all well it's 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 along the lines and we uh, Ryan, you had mentioned this when we were playing it. it. It's along the the same line of thinking where, like, we're going to release something in early access that is, uh, you know, mechanically feature complete but not content complete. And that is such a huge difference in, in an early access game because you have a much better sense of the gameplay loop and it also just feels like a much more finished game and something that you want to interact with more than, like, oh, I played one level of this thing. Cool. I'll come back to it in two years or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely get that. Um, and yeah, I'm sure it's going to get much more content and stuff. I, I know the map is about a quarter of the size they want it to finally be. It already feels Which huge. Is, are you kidding me? It already feels I, You can't roll out enough to see a quarter of the whole map. <laughs> it's a big game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it is huge. worth the price tag. Um I think if you jump in right now, you will not feel the early accessness. I think very similar to Valheim, it launched in a state where like you can play all the content that's there and feel like you got your money's worth and you played a full game, right? And it's just going to get more down the line. So, I would say the the weakest part for me and where you might feel some of its early accessness is the combat, and not that the combat itself is like terrible; it's perfectly fine on its own. What I noticed was. Like, because for instance, I used a bow and a sword and a shield. That's just, that's how I've been rolling throughout the whole game. And what I've noticed is if you're just blocking, using your, your bow and like hitting things with a sword and just using the X button or, or I think left click on keyboard and mouse, it all feels fine. It's when you start getting different combat upgrades where things start to feel a little janky. <laughs> that, uh, what's it called? Like execute button where you, you get someone's like, um, oh yeah, you get oh, them yeah. dizzy and then press E to do the, the it does feel like that feels... button would just be a heavy attack or something, right? Ooh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, or if not, if, if that's, you're just waiting to press Y at a specific moment, it takes such a long time for the button prompt to show up. Everything feels mm. janky you, when the camera's trying to get in, in position. It just feels yeah. You, you can't press it if there's something that's able to be picked up on the ground near you, near the enemy. Yeah, um, I also have I also have the uh, like the aerial attack unlocked, which is like if you oh ju if you the, jump, the jump with, attack and yeah. if you yeah the the jump attack also like if the terrain isn't quite flat, it doesn't quite land properly, or if you jump up and land right on top of an enemy, it like takes a while to slide off of the enemy. It just it feels clunky, and I don't know if that's something that they're going to be addressing in its early access period or not, but. I think as is, it's it's another example of like it is perfectly fine for what we have and the type the type of game that it is, but it would be nice to be addressed during the early access. Yeah, stages. I totally get that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good time. There's like magic and system too that you have like mm -hmm. spell charges and stabs you can use to actually cast magic and wands and wands. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it about later earlier. Um, Got to use those wands. Yeah, it's a very good game. Any other thoughts on Entrouded? You guys want to play some after the podcast? <laughs> Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me with a good time. Don't um, tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, has anyone else been playing something different that they want to talk about? Yes. Um. Um. I've been I've been playing some Dragon's Dogma, the original. Mm. Um. It was a game that I had played years and years and years ago. I got it really. I got it for super cheap on the Switch. Uh. But now I'm playing it on PC. Um. Ah. Oh, this game. So. I want to love this game so much, man. I the combat when you're fighting monsters is awesome. Uh also when you're fighting regular enemies, it's it's pretty great. Uh the the pawns do some really freaking cool things. They can launch you up into the air and you can grab onto like flying enemies and hack at them and I find controlling the pawns uh, really difficult for me, but I think that's the the RTS difficulty in me popping out again. I, it's really for like a mid-season Xbox 360 game. It is really well animated. Uh, the or in terms of like character animations, they're so smooth, and they they pack such a, a punch during combat. Um, when they're shouting out useful tips at you, it's really cool. But there's just so many things that like pull me out of playing it and more often than not when i stop playing it it's not because i feel like i had a good session and i want to end it for the night or something it's more these like stupid issues that make me sick of playing it in that moment like so many friends like i for example you spend way too much time in the inventory <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you do in Dragon's like Dogma. moving things around to your various pawns combining things and crafting stuff is way too we've much already time. seen the ui for dragon's dogma 2 and it looks like a major improvement <laughs> well and it, that's the other thing not only are you spending a lot of time in it it's also really clunky why can't you access like curatives and stuff in the equipment screen you have to specifically hit the the back button on the controller but why? <laughs> it's so weird. There's so much empty space in the inventory when it could have been used up for more slots to look at things. You have to send things individually to all of your pawns instead of everyone just having a shared inventory, which would have been a lot more helpful. It's it's aggravating. And there's no fast travel, except for specific stones that you use to, to teleport back to Grand Sorin. But they're also very rare. And that's only one place that you can teleport to. No, I, I will defend the fast travel. So you're not at it yet. Why? So there is, you unlock port crystals that you can set down and make your own fast travel points in the world. How many of those do they give you? You get a handful. and Are they permanent? Yeah, they're permanent. Okay. You, you've put down permanent stones that lock down places. Bill, in the amount of time that I've been playing, it's infuriating. So and they need to give it to you way I will maybe earlier. break your heart a little bit, Wyatt. Dragon's Dogma 2 is not going to have fast travel. Um, because, and this is a decision that I will defend because I love their reasoning. Dragon's Dogma 2, they're going to give you options. So you can ride a cart to a place you want to go, at, a la Skyrim okay, or yeah. something. Um, okay. But carts have a chance to be attacked by a big monster when you're on them. So you've okay. got to choose your like risk level of you can walk on foot, which is the most dangerous and the most time consuming, but you might have a cool adventure while you're going. You can take a cart, which has the chance of like you running into a big monster. And there's another third option that I don't quite remember what it is. They went over this in an interview. Uh, that it's the safest option, but the most expensive functionally. So it's okay. like a a choice that you have to make between things. And like the ox carts are very cheap, but very uh, are a little bit risky. You know what? That's that's fine. 
that's the other thing is that there's no mounts, which would have made the no fast travel thing, or at least in the early part of the game, like a little bit more tolerable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I will um, agree that Dragon's Dogma 1, the world is big enough that you really feel slow at times. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I hope 2 has a solve for that. I don't think they've shown us mounts or anything, but I hope it has a solve. Also, I love the pawns, the pawn system. I think it's really interesting. They do not shut the hell up. <laughs> they are so annoying. And here's the thing. I've, <laughs> I've said this many times on this show. I love combat chatter. I love having AI buddies that say things like fun quips or like or like tips in combat or something like that. I love it. This is way too much. They're like... You can cut half of the things that they say. You can walk up to a fork in the road and someone's like, oh, we've appeared to have reached a fork in the road. You better double check that we're going in the right direction. Shut up! <laughs> I believe why, there is a way. I think you can sit your pawn down at a table in Grand Soren, have them sit down, and you can like train their personality to be different. So they talk less, but I've, I've never managed what? to do that. I don't know if that's actually how it works. I know it will change their combat it's, behavior, but... It's 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 a little much. There's four of them. They're all yapping things at the exact same fucking time. You feel like... you feel like Has anyone seen the movie Dumb or Dumber? Or Dumb and yeah. Dumber? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you feel like the poor guy that was trapped in the in the, the the truck with them when, and then... And then hey, you want to hear Jim the most Perry's annoying like, sound in the world? Exactly! It's that! It's awful. <laughs> Remember, wolves hunted packs. Master works all. You can't go wrong. Oh, oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. And it's like yeah. if you just cut the 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 chatter in half, like I probably wouldn't even be mentioning it, or I probably wouldn't be going on about it as much. No, the as pawns I are very chatty. Um, I very don't know chatty. that Dragon's Dogma Two will be better about that because that that. That's often a thing with a lot of Japanese games. They, they like their chatty companions. Uh, and you know me, I like chatty companions too. I, but I Ale love Alex them. saw it's me just... playing Grand Blue earlier, and man, it is constant there, just noise. It, at a point, there is and there is noise. one character. There is one character in Grand Blue that you just have said you hate. Oh, that's not about combat shadow. That's about they decided to have a little dragon mascot that yells you butt face in the most annoying voice possible. And I really just want to strangle the thing. Um, and it's only a problem in the English version because in the Japanese language version, it's not as the voice is not as like scratchy and like mm -hmm. weird mascot voicey. It's, it's more of a regular voice. And so it doesn't grate as much, though. I'm still sure if I understood more Japanese, the you butt face line would really be a problem. <laughs> like, it's just juvenile at a game that is otherwise pretty adult. So, yeah. yeah. That's a it's, whole separate it's, issue. It's it's a game that has so many things that I love with just, like, the roughest edges imaginable that can really... I, I guess depending on how much tolerance you have for that kind of thing, for me, it was, it was things that really, like, makes me not want to keep going. Also, you can't... You can save, but then you can't load previous saves, so you're stuck with whatever previous save you had. So I, I don't think I there's think a way to load I get saves. that. That that again comes to the the devs want you to live with your choices in Dragon's Dogma 2, because there are missable things, there are things you have to play the game again to get, um, and there's a new game plus cycle into it, built into it, of like new enemies will show up in new game pluses, it's not like huh. a... 
a regular thing. It's mm-hmm. like new boss monsters will be there. So it's a meaningful difference. But you can miss things. Uh, there's an early quest where if you don't go do the thing that you had to like find a person from Casardis in one of the areas immediately, that quest is going to be gone. Like she'll just have died when she went over and I'm, there. And I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with that. It's just more like... I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. <laughs> I, don't know. I think a lot it's... of it might just also be it's an older game at this point. Like it is from I think the same yeah. year as Skyrim. So it. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is in its elderly well, and, stage of game. Well, and I and I remember you you mentioning too that it, apparently it was a game that ran into a lot of like uh, setbacks. Um, yeah, it was. I remember from a lot of interviews at the time that it was pretty ambitious and most of the problems in the game ended up just being they were super ambitious and did not have the ability to execute on that ambition. Which time and money-wise. And it seems like Dragon's Dogma 2, Itsuno has been given the time, who's the director of the game, um, has been given the time in the, the, like, budget they needed to really execute on it. So we'll see if it has the same problems or not. Um, But yeah, I still love Dragon's Dogma. Uh, I highly recommend the Switch version if you have a Switch because it's great to play portable. Mm um yeah. very fun portable game yeah plays really well i don't want to yeah i don't want to come away thinking that i uh that i disliked it at all i think it's the perfect game for a sequel because a sequel can really iron out a lot of the smaller like rough edges issues. really yeah a lot of the rough edges and and like i said there's plenty that i love i love the way armor works where they have clothing and armor so you can really there's a lot of customization in the way that you look there's a lot of like the direct armor pieces that give you most of your defense but then there's cl- bits of clothing that you can put on over or under it to kind of add some more like stylistic flair which i really enjoyed yeah um and just a lot of the interactions with pawns are so cool like when they keep their fucking mouths shut there's a lot of cool things like i said them launching you up into the air so that you can grapple onto like a flying enemy and then start hacking away at it feels amazing every single time i love when they're like holding enemies so that you can go over and and do an attack and stuff it's there's so many cool things going on Um, the super cool thing if you get a full party of sorcerers and start casting a spell they will all cast the same spell with you and you'll do a hyper powered version of the spell if you can manage to get it off. But of course, that means you're all sorcerers and have no defense, so you've got to pull it off. And you, your like, only chance is probably before a fight starts. But man, is it cool. That's um, great. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is, like, um, I mean, if that's, if that's the direction that they want to go with fast travel um, in the second game, I'm way more okay with that, to be honest, because um, that's a solution. Yeah. <laughs> um, it at least and feels intentional, right? Instead of it, it feels being, intentional. It feeling the way because I do, I, I do, I will say, I think when the game first came out, because we've been playing the Dark Arisen version, which was the game with DLC that was re-released on uh, like a bunch of other platforms. Yeah, um, heavily. When the game first that. came out, they didn't really have those those like fairy stones or whatever they're called. They, they did didn't have fairy have a lot stones. Of they only had the single use ones and not the eternal one. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're landing on a system that feels more intentional and feels a lot less of a hassle. Um, I really hope inventory management is dialed in a little bit. Yeah, especially because you have a pretty low inventory weight. You have to be managing it so much. It just feels, it feels annoying in DD1, where it's just, you're, you're managing it way more than you should be. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, there is yeah. there is another there is another small thing, and I think this is just a me thing, and I think I'll get more used to it the more I play. Is I'm fine with there being no dodge roll for other vocations except Strider as like a class thing. Fine with that. It does feel really awkward because it's about positioning, right? It does feel kind of awkward to just be like walking around and making small, tiny little micro movements as you're walking around the battlefield. And it feels like sometimes it's like I'm trying to get out of the way of something. And it's like I have no way to like dodge a block or anything. It just it feels frustrating sometimes when your only like evasion tactic is to just walk. <laughs> It's like I feel like I need something here because I'm I'm currently playing assassin with sword and bow, which means I have no way of blocking. There's no way of like evading. You just kind of have to walk, and it feels a little in the heat of the moment because a lot of the combat can be really fast. It feels a little. Uh, it feels like it doesn't quite match the flow with the rest of combat. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm not smart enough to know what the solution is there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, because I I haven't noticed if any of the DD2 footage has like a dodge roll or something in it. Because um, I know because I know it's relegated just to striders, uh, just to that vocation, uh, and then like knights, warriors, that kind of thing. It's shields, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's all very valid. Uh, things to talk about with Dragon's Dogma. So I'm excited to see if the sequel addresses any and how I'm they choose to address stuff. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. All right, Alex, did you have something? Um, Did I talk about me playing Elden Ring before? I don't think so. Because, yeah, I've, I've gotten into Elden Ring after being... after. <laughs> Getting well, good. I, I have to say it now. <laughs> after, after being pee-pilled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nope. You have to keep no. talking after that. You you introduced Elden so, Ring as a concept. You can't, you can't just laugh. leave us like that. <laughs> so 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 yeah, after after loving Lies of P, I'm just like, okay, it's time to see if I like the, the quote unquote best souls like game out there that's from from soft. So I'm just like, okay. It's Elden Ring time, um, and I played a. I'm play, still playing a sorcerer for my first build, um, because I, I heard that that's like kind of easy mode. But also, I've really wanted to play a magic user in, uh, in a Souls-like game for a long time, and uh, it it's it's very fun. The 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 breath of things that you're you're able to do with those spells. Um, still haven't defeated the Elden Beast yet, but. Been able to, you know, get Radagon. Um, also, all, I, I'm not stuck on Melania. <laughs> That's what I'm they all say, Alex. <laughs> that sounds like but straight up denial right there. <laughs> so, so it's, I, I got the typical, like, first try luck where it's, okay, beat her first phase. Got her second phase down to a third of her health. Have not been able to get uh, that far in, in in like every other previous try. So I'm just like, you know, I'm taking I'm taking my time. I'm able to ha like in a Souls game, especially. It's so refreshing to be able to take my time and have fun learning boss combos like that. It mm -hmm. feels good. Um, 
there's still ridiculous stuff where it's like, oh, I can't believe I died to that stupid lack of iframes at the last minute that just infinitely stunned me type thing. But it's, oh, it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, I've also started a second playthrough already, not of having course, finished the, as the first. Because I'm just like, okay, I did a, a sorcerer build. Now I'm going to just do like a full strength build. I, I might do like a little bit of faith in arcane. In that, but uh, I wanted to. I, I'm using the guts sword from Berserk. Of course. So I'm just like, okay, I I have to swing this thing around. It, I've gotta. Um, and then my strength is too low for it right now, so I'm using the claymore. <laughs> yeah, good sword. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying Elden Ring because I I think we've all been w sitting with bated breath to see if we had actually converted you into a Souls enjoyer or not. Yeah. Um, uh, ne next up is Sekiro. Good luck. I'm I'm the, I'm, I'm the last holdout. I'm the I'm the last. How did you one. played Elden Ring. I have. I played about ten hours, but haven't finished it. <laughs> haven't you played, played beyond it. that. We, we've corrupted everyone on a, a, friend, on a, a friend's copy of the game <laughs> that I played hey, like, like a year ago. <laughs> you may not have gotten good, but you've gotten somewhere. <laughs> hey, I did okay. My my friend was like, "You're doing pretty well for a, for a new for a for a." Uh, There's for a the caveat. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> How dare you? Okay, well, oh I yeah, on my oh sorry, go oh, ahead, Alex. Oh. On on my on my second playthrough, I'm just like, oh. I kind of wish I was able to enjoy this more <laughs> because on my second playthrough, I defeated, um, I, who, what's the misbegotten enemy at, in the Weeping Peninsula? Oh, like, like misbegotten the, gargoyle or something. Yeah. I defeated him, Morgoth, and Godric first try. See, okay. You're joining me in the beating Margot <laughs> first try club. So and I'm just like I well I so I did that on the second character with the strength build. I didn't do that with the sorcerer. That was everyone was saying Margaret is the hardest boss in that game, and then I beat Margaret first try and was like, "What's going on?" Margaret, that, that's me. completely untrue. Right, I, you're I think Margaret is a, is a skill you're, you're check. You're just a god, sure, yeah. but Margaret is Balteus. That that's that's what it is. Yeah, I was stuck on Balteus for so much longer than I was stuck on Margaret. <laughs> not or I guess funny. the Mar Margaret's the attack helicopter because he's really the the first. Like, yeah, he's the first. That... You gotta try harder to get through this fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Elden Ring, great game. Um, all right, well, I think that's all of our stuff we've been playing. We've hit our mark, yeah. so it's time for shoutouts. Anyone got something to I'll shout out? Go. I do. I'll go. So, so I've been getting back into board games recently. And I got myself this amazing one-to-two-player little game called Mini Rogue. And it comes in this tiny little box, and I love it. And it's a little roguelike dungeon crawler. So you use, uh, like, different dungeon cards that you can only reveal um, when you're in, like, the room next to it. You have to work your way down to the boss. And it's really streamlined. Um, so a lot of it is more chance than actual strategy, but it's that kind of, like... 60% chance, 50, uh, 40% uh, kind of strategy, where there's just enough strategy to feel like you have input, but also a lot of strategy, uh, a lot of luck to keep things interesting. But you're keeping track of like XP and health and oh, armor, gold, potions, 
Um, there's also a campaign mode where they have skill trees and persistent progression Very across cool. runs. There's um, so there's the tower that's the easy mode where you work your way up, and then there's the dungeon that's harder where you work your way down. Where there's moments where you can be attacked by a boss or go through a trap that makes you fall down a level. Um, and what the levels do is that it basically scales all the enemies. So if you're on level three, it has different stats than monsters that are on level two. And so, like, if you're falling down in the dungeon, you're falling into enemies that are way more powerful than what you're actually prepared for. So it can be really freaking brutal at times. But there's, like, skill checks. There are, like, shops where you can buy and sell stuff. It's it's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's so, so much fun. And again, it's in this tiny little box that you can just take it's with you. It's tiny. It's... It's and also uh, the best part of it is that it is by Nuts Publishing. Uh, enough said. Pretty great, Enutsa. Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take us out of that terrible box. My um my my little my my little shout out is a fun little macaroon shaped stocking stuffer keychain that I got. That's a phone screen cleaner because I. <laughs> constantly have very sweaty oily hands and i hate the how it marks up my phone screen and everything i touch understandable you are I a gamer it. we all have greasy hands i nice i wash my hands religiously after everything i do and have oh, san hand sanitizer around to yeah. just like dry yeah. them out to the point where it's like okay you can't hurt anyone anymore <laughs> <laughs> well i've been doing something a little bit fun which is getting out <gasps> yeah. the rock band guitar and playing yeah. some rock band, and that's been Ooh. very fun. Um, and in the wake of that, they had just announced PDP, the original maker of rock band guitars, is making guitars again. Um, so oh. everyone, Rock Band 4 is still on sale. You can still pick it up. It's very good. Uh, but Fortnite Festival came out and has like revitalized the like rock band guitar controller craze. Oh, my um, God. So they're coming out with a new, what they call the Riftmaster controller that is a new uh, Rock Band controller. So you can get that when it comes out, which is in spring uh, this year. And then you'll be able to play Rock Band 4 on it on modern consoles, as well as uh, the Fortnite Festival mode, when that gets guitar support. So it's very, very fun. Having a great time. Hell yeah. All right. Well, on that note, it's the end of the show. We'll be back next week. Uh, next week's plan to be our Game Pass Games Club, because we got a, a big bunch of games that we played and we want to talk about them. One of them's Power World. <laughs> yeah. We get to show off my homunculus again. <laughs> oh. So excited. <laughs> All right, launching and shrouded.